listening to episode 268 of the Major Issues Podcast. In it, we'll be talking Invincible Rumors, James Gunn's plans for the DCU, and reviewing Green Lantern Beware My Power. The Major Issues Podcast starts right now! Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you each and every week by comicbook.com, oh no, comicbookclick.com, we don't get paid by the other, those other guys, right. uh, but <laughs> as always, I am never alone, I am joined by the astonishing, the magnificent, the spectacular, the downright uncanny... Hey, Rob, the Marvel God, let them hear you. Yo, 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 what's good? Always, every time with the lit. Man, you just make me feel so welcome every time. Every time. I love the introductions. But yo, what's good, yeah. y'all? <laughs> you know you're welcome here each and every week, and so is all our listeners. Uh, you guys um, are definitely here and welcome each and every week. So we want to thank all the support we've been getting lately as the uh, overall comic book click continues to grow across platforms like the social media we already handle growing over there on twitch and um we ain't stopping because it seems like the comic book world isn't stopping uh we have some news uh to cover today the main event will be ironically the fitting uh uh what is it green lantern beware my power which i think is incredibly fitting given the announcements that we got today um, some controversy, some speculation, all that and more in this episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Yes, I know, sir. I know you have some Marvel news and speculation. We'll get a little bit of that to start us off to get us running hot, and then I would like to cover the big news that James Gunn dropped right on our laps. Confirmed uh, news about where his DC universe is going, and we will finish okay. up with our review of beware my power uh, but you know what that means without further ado here is a rob the marvel god with the news man i appreciate the intro every time and man i am excited to get on that dc news it is literally appropriate for what we're talking about today man yeah it's a line <laughs> but first we're gonna start off with some marvel news some star wars news and some invincible news what? It's, it's a Star Wars news. You're talking about the bad news that came out not too long ago. Uh, well. but, <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you do what you do. <laughs> well, first I'm gonna start off a little bit light and easy with some Marvel news. Uh, okay. By the time this airs, you know Black Panther will be hitting Disney Plus in IMAX enhanced. You know tomorrow, February first. My yes. yep, month. Yep, yep. Way to start off the work. Start of the month. That's how you do it. <laughs> and there's there's people who still haven't seen it, man. I just think um, the world's been busy. Much. Yeah, the world's been busy. I've seen it. I c- actually can't wait to see it in that quality from the comfort of my own home. I'm really excited about yes. getting to let let letting it all wash over me again. It's a tense film, oh. you know. Uh, it, it it has a lot. I think going for it, um, and they had an unenviable task in trying to complete that. You know, Hercu- Herculean. Uh, like Ryan Coogler did that. The whole, whole write a whole new script without the main role. That's almost been unheard of. For real, yeah, for real. it's really rough stuff. But 
um, we got our Namor. So go check him out. I think it's worth it. Right. So you guys check that out. Black Panther Wakanda Forever in Disney Plus February 1st. And we're going to switch universes over here a little bit before we get into the rumor mill part of uh, Marvel. But with the Star Wars news, check out, you know, video game and TV shows. Uh, episode six of Bad Batch coming out tomorrow as well. By the time this airs, the new episode will be up. You can follow the rest of the Bad Batch, you know, Clone Force 99, you know, Wrecker, Echo, uh, Crosshairs with his, you know, good soldiers follow orders. You know, follow the, the whole squad and Omega tomorrow. The whole season, I think, will have 12 episodes max. So I think we're like in a mid-season finale. This episode might be a little bit longer than the first. So, you know, yeah. let's look into it. Looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you, so, this, oh. No, I, so I heard later on, I heard earlier today that um, Fallen Order, not Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor has actually been delayed all the way to April 28th, a full six yes. weeks. People were expecting it uh, next month because you'll be hearing this on the 1st of February. <laughs> so people were expecting it in March. People getting excited. Some people bought that hundred dollar bundle. Comes with the hilt. It's a whole thing. Um, but you're gonna have to wait a little bit longer. That's April twenty eighth. April twenty eighth. Yeah. I, I I got my pre order. There's three different editions. You know the standard, the deluxe, and then there's that like massive a hundred dollar one with the like you said with the lightsaber hilt. So you know, but like it's an interesting move why they did that. I assume because March is kind of like a big month for uh, Star Wars, just track record-wise. They always release a lot of big things in Star Wars-wise, uh, like their IPs. So I don't think they want to like overshadow one with the other. But in my personal opinion, you can't have enough Star Wars. Just throw us as much Star Wars as <laughs> possible. Like, you can never have enough. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is possibly the period that we've gotten the most Star Wars, you know, uh, in the last, yeah. I would say, 10 years. We've probably gotten more oh, Star yeah. Wars than we, we've ever ever could even have imagined so i think it's interesting that um certain people i do think are getting a bit of the fatigue but i think majority are pretty interested in the different avenues they're taking to tell these star wars stories like i thought it was pretty inventive yes. that they had that was it legends with the different animation styles uh or visions yeah visions visions with the different animation styles like it's just like the superhero content in my opinion People think you're oh, they're over it until you show them a different side, until you tell them a different story, until you you showcase a different theme. Um, and yeah, I think Star Wars has a lot uh, of ground to tread. We barely scratched the surface of what's been covered in Legends. So um, I'm right. down. Yeah, and, uh, speaking of uh, Star Wars Visions, uh, for season two, they just announced that they have several different Constants and countries working on individual uh, episodes. The first season of Visions, you know, each one was a different anime studio. It was all Japanese style. This time around, the second season, they're having studios from both North America, Europe, Asia, Australia, and Africa all working on individual Star Wars episodes. As you know, because Star Wars is a huge, expansive galaxy for, full of thousands and thousands of different alien species, races, and cultures. And, you know, those cultures are based on all real world, you know, history and cultures. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see those different, you know, places tell a Star Wars story. Like, I would love to see a Star Wars, like, like inspired story with an African spin on it or like a, a like a, I guess, a yeah, like the samurai, like the samurai stuff is pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Like the Ronin style animation telling, like the Afro samurai style. Like, that was dope. And you can't tell me you go to Naboo. 
like where where Padme is from. You look at the architecture, you can't tell me it's not Greek based. Like, come right, on, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. But you guys, you know, check out more Star Wars is coming, and like you said earlier, or that's Survivor being pushed back, man. But you know, there's nothing wrong with waiting for something good. You know, just a little bit more patience. It pays off. That is, I hear like six weeks. That means it's just gonna more fine tune polishing. It would add a little bit more. You know, there's a bar there because the first one from Fallen Order, yeah, they, they got to raise it this time around. And yeah, they're meeting it. They're meeting it. Yeah, it's a like I said. Anytime something like this happens, it's I, I someone had made a joke about this. Like every time something <laughs> like this happens, so much like anytime a, a good project comes out, right? So much painstaking right. hours uh, were taken to create it. You usually have to go above and beyond if you want it to stand out. You you you've got to take some risk. You have to be inventive. You have to be creative. Um, you have to think a little bit outside the box. So you spend months doing that in concept. You spend months doing that in 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 the pre production. Months doing that in the in right. the production. Months doing that in the post production. People binge it, finish it in a week, and go, "Where's the next one? When's the next season? When's the next?" And you're like. Well, well, that cake that you just swallowed took me a week to make. You know, <laughs> you, you know like you just swallowed it. People are already up for the next thing, and yeah, going back to the drawing board, then trying to become, um, try to do something original and trying to do something that was just as impressive as the first time out is really, really hard, man. It's really rough stuff. But I really like how um, Survivor looks, so I'm getting it. Like, there's no doubt in my mind, I will be playing that game very soon. Heard that, and I was gonna point out something. My girlfriend's being really funny right now. <laughs> What's she doing? She's she's showing her statuses for this DC news. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> she's like, oh, get to it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> she's I pay, I but, uh, but no, no, no yeah. You earlier, <laughs> sorry, you mentioned earlier with the fatigue. Like, I want to say, like, it's not fatigue; it's anticipation because, like, they're building this whole universe around these shows that the new trilogy is going to be based off of. I, I wholly believe that 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 Ray Skywalker, the last trilogy, they're just going to pretend that it didn't happen, or just kind of <laughs> that- jumping off a of Mandalorian, just, just, you know. That happened, but we're not acknowledging that it happened. Maybe legends, like you know, hint that it happened. Yeah, that's pretty. That's because, pretty. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, because I, I know that the, the the fan base doesn't really love that. Doesn't right. really love and like it. literally yeah. every new show that's come out is kind of based around Mandalorian for like a very size Andor. Um, but like Ahsoka, you know, oh, uh, what's the other show that's coming out? Well, it got canceled. The the Commanders of the Republic. Or Republic mm-hmm. Commando series with Karen Doom. Like every show that was kind of like, you know, based around Mandalorian. And they don't want to overshadow that with Jedi Survivor. They want the gamers watching these shows. And when they're not watching shows, they want them to play the yes. game. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I, it would be funny, but I do think that that might be a little bit of the reason why they're staggering all this stuff. Like you would just say. <laughs> That's really, really interesting. <laughs> but we're going <laughs> to change gears, though. Um, from the Marvel, we're going to go back to Marvel, and I have a theory about something. From the Star Wars to Invincible, we finally have an actual announcement. They're working on a live-action Invincible series. And awesome. oh my god, on top of season two and three still being in production, two, we still don't have a definitive date on when it comes out, but we do know it's coming out in 2023, more or less, their words, not mine. I hope for a fall release like when it first originally came out, Great, great, great way to start off the holidays. You got something to binge, just invincible. But this live action announcement is going to change the game because Marvel and DC, well, Marvel has been owning 
the superhero IP when it comes to the movies and show uh, and all the shows, Disney Plus is killing it. But Invincible would just elevate the bar for them because the, the show put them on the map, changed my entire perspective on how I absorb comic book media. Like, oh my God, why doesn't Marvel do this? DC does this in their animations. Why doesn't Marvel do this? Even though they have the characters that wholly just incapacitate people and put them in traction for about a year or two in the hospital. Moon Knight, yeah. Spider-Man, Daredevil, Luke Cage, just all the street level heroes. Punisher will literally burn your soul out of your body and leave you a husk. So like, how come we don't show that brutality? Invincible gives us that, but still keeping it lighthearted and funny, but still keeping that adult themes. They still tackle those teenage problems, those relationship struggles between, you know, a wife and husband, the government gray area that the gray area that the government operates in to keep us safe, you know, by doing all those crazy shady things, you know? Yeah. Invincible brought that fire and I need that live action. If, if yeah. spoiler alert, if y'all saw that train scene, that live action will shit on anything Marvel and DC would ever do when it comes to traumatizing their audience. <laughs> while while I agree with you there, I would I would also like to mention that I don't think that they would be the first ones at the at bat with that. They were actually beaten by the boys. I would say, I would say oh, that yeah. the boys it is a lot of people's first introduction of live action debauchery on a super level a superhero level scale um but but i think invincible is going to be the middle ground so if you consider marvel and dc too bright or not dc but if you consider (laughs) and you consider the boys to be too raunchy invincible should sit in the middle while it has a lot of blood and gore there's also a lot of really poignant and sweet moments between that family, between him and Eve later on, um, and I won't give any other spoilers, but it does become more, more, more of a family book um, while yes, having yeah. decapitations and hearts being ripped out and, and, and all that other stuff as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it. They almost announced it as soon as the first season was starting to do even moderately well. And Kirkman wrote this story in 2003 the same year he wrote the walking dead the walking dead is just ending so his hands are pretty much empty why not get back into episodic television episodic television in my opinion and this could be um controversial i think is it is what serves comic books the best because comic books are episodic in nature so you know a volume is like a season sometimes or a three episode arc depending or three episode arc depending on no, you're right. You're right. Like, literally, comic yeah. book runs are literally just, like, shows or, like, spinoffs of, like, a character. Like, the whole franchise, like, for, say, like, Spider-Man. Spider-Man franchise. But, you know, you have, like, season one would be, like, you know, uh, Spider-Island. And then, you know, season two yeah. would be Spider-Verse. You know, it's just, I, I agree. Volume yeah, but, like, I, I got in super into comics once I started actually following Scott Snyder's run on Batman. So volume one, season one is Court of Owls. Volume two, season two is City of Owls. And it continues. He does nine volumes, which not every comic gets nine volumes. Not every writer gets nine volumes. But yeah, he ended up doing nine volumes. And so if you read from the beginning to the end, it's almost like you watch the complete show. Then another writer gets on Batman. He continues you know, the the trajectory of that, but it's a different quote unquote, it's a different writer. So it's almost like a different actor. It's almost like a different right. suit. It's almost like a different take on the story that you already know. So I think that episodic television lends itself to the, the nature 
of comics, they kind of go one and the same, which is why a bunch of television shows were announced. We'll get into that when we get into DC stuff. And people were like, oh, that should be a movie. Oh, that's it's like, relax, relax. As oh, a matter of fact, right. if you care about any of these things, you want them to be live action because you get to pour eight hours of content as opposed to two and a half. Right. Same thing with an invisible movie. An invisible movie would have gone by too fast. Nothing gets to sit. You don't get to sit with the destruction of the Guardians of the Globe. You don't get to sit with, um, you know, Mark finding his powers and kind of figuring them out. You don't get to sit with the reveal. You know, in case again, though people haven't seen uh seen the show or read the book, there's a lot of poignant moments that only a series will let them take the time to breathe. Um, and so I'm excited That's about true. them taking that route with television with Invincible. I think it could really work. And they, oh, yeah. you got that you got that picture going around. Jeffrey D. Morgan reading the reading right. the volumes, right. the omnibuses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's like having when you see those people with those omnibuses, that's like those box sets of DVDs. Like, oh, I got all of X Files here. I'm gonna binge yeah. the entire thing. You know, it's the same thing with these big omnibuses. So um yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome. I wanna see kind of how far it goes. I wanna see how long they continue both of them and how much the animated version how much will it inform the live action version because yeah. Kirk, Kirkman has a unique opportunity here. He put out the comic and he saw what mo pop, what quite possibly could be changed for it and changed it for the television show. Now, given the response to the television show, he could tweak it one more time for the live action. You know, like he's getting like he's getting to test the waters. Okay, they like this part of the comic, but when I change it for the TV show, they actually liked it even more. That train scene isn't in the TV it isn't in the comic. That's strictly a TV show ad uh, addition. So the yeah, idea they change a lot of things from the comics for the TV show, like uh, the Etrigan detective dude. Oh yes, yeah. He was only in the pages for like the comic for like eight pages, but they gave him a whole criminal investigation arc in the show. Right, <laughs> and now they can decide whether or not they want to do that with him in live action, or maybe the audience came back and was like, "Ah, oh, why are they spending all this time on this dude?" And then hit the Rorschach Etrigan. Uh, yeah, there it is, Rorschach uh, Etrigan. Yeah, that's what yeah. he is. Yeah, no, I agree. but uh, it it definitely needs to be a show, like you say. It Invincible meets that middle ground of Marvel, DC, and the boys. Boom, it's still lighthearted, got fun jokes, comedy. We still got the grotesque brutality, mur you know, the trauma of it all. Yeah, Invincible live action. I wonder who they'll get to play. Like for some reason, I want Summer Lou to be Mark, but not him. Maybe hey. someone younger. What about the voice actor? <laughs> what about um the Glenn from The Walking Dead? Oh yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Him, yeah. Or yeah. Steven, like, Steven Young, yeah. I want to say. Yep. Steven Young. Steven yeah. Young, yeah. He will be <laughs> he will be amazing, actually. And he's gonna No, but it depends. I mean, if he's supposed to be a high schooler, I think it changes things. And I also think if they're able to make it a high schooler, it's better. Like I think it's oh, so rough. With him? Well that, <laughs> but this is what I mostly think of, and maybe I'm jacked up for this. When I think, um, <laughs> like, when I think of Spider-Man and I think of that scene of him getting his ass whooped by um, Green Goblin, that first one. Remember how rough that fight was Ooh. with the mass grips and everything? Now imagine that with it with a with a fifteen year old or a sixteen year old. You know, so that changes the concept of what that entire thing is. Even watching Tom Holland get bloodied, you're like, damn, bro, like relax. But when it's a grown ass man, you're like, just get back in there and fight, <laughs> you know. And I think it we've got to change the context. Yeah. And I think we that's want... why I feel so bad for Mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause he's an innocent in all this, you know, he's not a, a, a battle hardened 20 oh. something. He's not a dude, bro, a battle hardened, you know, 
a thirty-year-old yeah, he, he's literally still in school. He has school probably the next day, you know? So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see them cast him. And, yeah, I'd like to see them go young, but they can do whatever they want, in my opinion. And now I'm going to read Omni-Man as J.K. Simmons all the time. That's just All the that time. Is. We have to. Who do you think is uh, Jeffrey uh, what was, uh, Morgan? What was his name again? Uh, uh, um, Jeffrey D. Morgan. Jeffrey D. Morgan. Who do you think yeah. he was going to play? Like, I saw him with them. Like, it would have to be Omni-Man, bro. It had to be Omni Man. If he's if if Jeffrey Dean Morgan is gonna be an invincible, he'd have to be Omni Man. I can see. It's the I only mean, right thing to do. That mustache. That mustache. He can. We can grow a pretty fine mustache. I think he looks just like the character. You know. I think, exactly. Literally. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think he, he looks does. just like the character, and he's played enough assholes on TV that when he does the asshole turn, people are gonna get it. They're gonna be like, yeah, facts, yeah. It's when like, he does yeah. the whole and, and smile, <laughs> yeah. When he does the whole so and so is just a pet to me, you know. When he does that line, yeah, B, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're gonna believe. You're gonna believe Jeffrey D. Morgan when he says that shit. Because when he showed up as Negan, everyone believed. You, you know, everyone believed. Yeah, when he was Negan and he had that bat. But it, yeah, if he shows up and he's like, Mark, I'm sorry, he's more of a pet to me. And with um with with Negan, you know, they did some uh some changes from the comic and like he ultimately ended up like a baby face. So um Morgan had to then pull people back over to his side and cheer for a guy like Negan. And I you can see him doing something similar for Omni Man. You can see him doing something similar for uh for that character. It'd be right. really, really interesting. And I feel it because the actor, he has that charisma that makes you drawn to him. Like, you could trust him. You could love him because that smile. But then, like, in that first, well, I, I don't want to give him spoilers, but that first episode, we were with Omni-Man. He was like, oh, Superman analog. He's yeah. out here saving people. And then, like, any episode. Yeah, he's well, seemingly a loving dad. He's seemingly, a, you know, a, a good a husband. superhero, right? Great yeah. husband. And just, and then you wow, find wow. out. What you happens out when you room. mix Kryptonians and Saiyans? Yeah. <laughs> it's rough stuff. It's rough stuff. Yeah, but, I'm, exci- uh, I'm excited about that news. <laughs> I'm super excited. But like, uh, we're gonna head into the theory side of Marvel. I have a massive theory. I've been seeing so many rumors and leaks. At this point, I don't even. I, I'm gonna maybe throw out like a leak, grab your salt shaker with it. But at this point, it's like, man, yeah. What can you believe? You know what? I'm gonna come up with my own theories. <laughs> Inter- interesting. I'm here for I it. have my own theory. Everyone has their own theory about how Kang is going to take over the multiverse, right? Uh huh. Go for it. We love Kang. The Kang gang. The Kang gang. <laughs> Kang gang. Kang gang. But I have my theory on how he's going to be stopped, right? And it's not going to be by the, you know, the, the what you, who you think it's going to be. Like, if, if I were to ask go up to somebody on the street or just come up to you on the street and say, you know, Kang, Kang is coming to the, the MCU, right? Why do you think they're going to stop him? Like, what character you think is going to be so pivotal that they're just, they, that, that, this is the reason why. They're the MacGuffin. They're the rocking plot device. The dual ex machina that's going to stop Kang. <laughs> like, yeah. give me three. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'd, I'd go, I'm a little bit more informed, so I'd go Ravona, right? All right. There's a bit of me that says Ravona, you know, right. uh, she's his lover in the comics. Maybe they do share right. some sort of uh, familiarity here. Um, oh. I, 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 <laughs> I was going to say Miss Minutes. Um, no. <laughs> Miss Minutes? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> no, okay. So so uh, time travel. Uh uh Oh, Wanda, Wanda. I think Wanda. There's been some speculation that the op like Kang represents time and order, and therefore maybe chaos breaks those barriers Solid. and breaks breaks that yeah. stuff there. Uh so what we got we got thing. And then I'm gonna randomly say for the fans, for no reason, Tony Stark. Tony because, Stark, hey, that's a good choice. Because <laughs> because people just seem to like he's just been dead for a couple of years. People can't seem to let the man wanna let you can't let me live, you won't let me die. Like all that stuff. Uh, I yeah, I, I'll I'll throw I'll throw Tony into there, but I'm completely uninformed. Those were just guesses. I didn't know you were asking this question. Right. Yeah, those but are the, my, hey, those are... this is why we here. We here for authentic. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. But like those are solid choices. Ravona because hey, love interest Wanda because she can affect the multiverse. Tony, hey, he based Kang. I can throw out a three. Kang probably based his time travel tech on Tony Stark's Mobius thing. Not he, he also he, yeah, and he also <laughs> did it in like. Did time travel in like thirty seconds? He was like, oh, "What if you right. just do this and this?" And then it was time travel. Like, holy shit! Right? Boom! He just turned upside down. Holy shit! Did they throw out all those devices? Like, also what if Kang got his question. hands on one of them fucking devices? Very or somebody? Good question. Reed is like, looking at Bruce it one day and like, "Rocket, like, destroy the shit." Because like, time travel tech is a huge no-no for you, for humanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it and it exists. We also have Deadpool's time turner around somewhere, you know, when he uh, comes Cable's back. Cable's little time slider. Right? And all that stuff looks the same. It's all on the hand. It's all circular. Same thing with that circle thing that He Who Remains has. So maybe he gets some tech. So, like, we leave some tech somewhere and then it just fucking, you know, it gets us where we got to go. But what's on your mind? What, do, what are you thinking will be the end to Mr. Kang? My theory on who is going to stop Kang Actually, there's going to be two characters because it is they're out there. Spider-Man and oh, Moon Knight. Wow. Okay. And I'm going to tell you all the reasons why. <laughs> First, Moon Knight. Just going to keep it plain and simple. The universe, the Earth, we know of the audience. We know who is Mark Spector. Yes. But the world, the universe, doesn't know who Steve Grant is. Right. For real, for real. You know? Yeah. Aang doesn't know who that is. You just know that's a personality in Mark Moon Knight. Yeah. yeah. We know Kang has had travels in the past as Rama Tut. They kind of hinted at it in, in the show with that dude with Rama Tut on his jacket. We yeah. know Kang tried travel to the past ancient Egypt. We know he fought a previous Moon Knight. I'm just going, I'm going to speculate that, throwing that out there. I'm okay, okay. <laughs> right. But he'll be influential, pivotal, just from like the comics, because you said it, the first person, Renslayer. She was a Moon Knight. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Right. In the new Kang origin, he's a Moon Knight from 3000 BC. Because being time displaced, just spoiler alert, I'm a spoiler alert, Kang wanted to have all the chances to save her, love her, so he dispersed her atoms throughout the time stream. Yeah. This version of her became a Moon Knight, then died. <laughs> well, it kind of it kind of does the the Doctor Strange What If episode, right? Like no matter what he does, he doesn't get his the result he wants. Right, but as Kang, he says, "Time is my, for lack of better words, my bitch." So I'm gonna yeah, do whatever yeah. I can to get all the chances I can to find my love. But right. he doesn't, and that's one. Just the Moon Knight theory. Steve Grant, he doesn't know who that is. So when he comes across him, he's gonna be completely out of loop because Steve Grant doesn't exist as a person. 
Yeah. It's the personality. Mark yeah. Spector does. And some degree, Jake Lockley. I don't know. We can say yeah, we'll agree. Yeah. I plus I don't know if Kang speaks Spanish. So that's right? a whole nother That's a whole nother, <laughs> I mean, that's a whole nother thing. I mean the Spaniards the Spaniards did conquer some some parts of the yeah, maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he was part, if he was down with some of that stuff. Right. But my first one, the first the first reason why the one character I said Spider-Man, Peter Parker, is gonna be pivotal in stopping King is because Peter Parker doesn't exist. Oh, I can see that as well. Yeah. How can you know of someone who's never existed? You can't plan for somebody that you don't know exists. Exactly. And Peter Parker, we know how crafty, how smart, how annoying he can be when he's flipping and quipping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we also know he has we also know he has multiversal friends. You know, he knows the multiverse. He's experienced he's one of the few, actually. Him, Strange, I guess you would say Wanda. Those yeah. are the three people who won't, of, of everyone who, who's actually experienced the multiverse, saw portals, saw people come in and out, et cetera, and so forth. So, yeah, he should be – I could see – you know, I'm going to link your idea to the rumors that had been going around. I could see those three, our – you know, if you put Spider-Man, you put Moon Knight, and then maybe even Wanda, like where I was introducing Wanda, they could be out taking out other versions of Kang. Like, obviously right. – Obviously, the Moon Knight one would know more about the Rama Tut version, you know. Maybe we get somewhere where Spider Man and his team got to take down Iron Lad, and then Wanda and you know her team takes down uh, the Kang Kang, the actual Kang with Ravona, knowing Ravona, because if anyone knows about broken hearts and multiverses and scouring all that, that Wanda would. So I feel like tying up. I mean, could you imagine that speech? I've been there no matter how many Earths, no matter how many things. Sometimes something gets taken away from you, and you're willing to destroy the world. Just to get it back. That's not the way these things are done. You can't do these things. I know that now. And, you know, well, I screw you. And then they go at it. He doesn't have a smart response. He only has screw you. So, um, right. Yeah, no, but I could, I could totally see that fitting in with all that. Totally. Yeah. Man, yeah. It just, it's just my theory. I'm just throwing it out there, you guys. You know, if I'm right, you heard it here, right here on Comic Book Click, Major Issues News Podcast. You heard it. You heard it right yes, here. Sir. You can't deny it. <laughs> and also okay. we would only Continue. have yeah we would only have to wait <laughs> less than three weeks less than three weeks to quantumania bro less than three weeks Ooh, less than three weeks and then we get to Ant-Man and the Wilds quantumania so yeah we're chugging 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 along for that um anything else on your plate well uh besides uh the Kang gang uh train starting you know that quantum media coming out uh you know in february you know look forward to seeing him more in loki season two you know in the summer we're gonna see more of him in kang dynasty and secret wars kang is here to stay and he's probably gonna be peppered in here more i have another theory just like on the thanos theory how he was peppered in he wasn't really introduced up until like you know the moment yeah you know i have some couple of theories where he's gonna be placed throughout phase i think we kind of spoke about i think we kind of spoke about that on here because if the if he's only getting one film unlike thanos um then he won't get much time in that <laughs> so we, we theorized right. that he might get and actually sprinkled through the phase before so that we're all familiar because we none of us were really familiar with Thanos. i mean I guess comic readers were when we when we saw his appearances quote unquote but we don't right. get to see him do anything until infinity Not one War. thing 
literally and that's why he had that's why he had the most screen time we have to see what what was his character about well the audience had to we knew what it was about but you yeah know. you give him a, a film to showcase his abilities but if you spend several films showcasing his abilities you can get Ooh. everyone prepared for that before that film even comes out and then people actually understand what the threat is. We understood more what the threat was in Endgame than we did in Infinity War because we had already been there. We had already seen him. We had already seen the scope of what he can do. And I think they're just going to keep scaring us throughout these two phases by teasing Kang uh, and us seeing the full extent of what he's able to do, which means that we're probably going to see some casualties. It's very oh, interested to see what that, yeah. what that, what that's about there. Definitely. I can see him being peppered in around here. Like, definitely, I can see him appearing in the Marvels, maybe the Shang-Chi uh, sequel, if it prepares Loki, the obviously. Wars, right? Loki, uh, Deadpool 3, maybe, you know, just anything with some time travel nonsense or some cosmic element to it. I can see him appearing, but It'd be crazy if he just showed up in Daredevil. <laughs> like just, oh yeah, by the way, hey, hey guys, I just we just they don't even like make mention of him. He just walks past the screen like doing something else, like going going to a supermarket or something. Um, he, or he just appears in Matt's courtroom as he's like delegating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I'm Kang also the, waiting. Uh, I I bring Kang to the stand. <laughs> I'm also uh, worrying because not worrying. I'm wondering is the word I want to use because I know that uh, what if season two is supposed to be coming out early, like early of this year, which usually is the springtime, which is between now and April, roughly. And uh, we've not seen anything uh, in regards to that being released. I think it would. They, we heard something about it being delayed, but I'm interested in seeing where what if, um, you know, what stories they end up telling there and if they end up even doing variants of people like Kang, people like Renslayer, et cetera, and so forth. Because some of What If also helped inform, also helped inform um, what, like us commenters, like What If kind of showed multiverse in it in its easiestly digestible, <laughs> you know, way. Obviously, this is this isn't, and these aren't the heroes that you're used to, but um, they are very similar. The same. Right. Yeah. Shouts out yeah. to Jeffrey Wright for giving us that, you know, he, he explained it and digested, make it digestible for the audience. Like, you know, similar to what you watch, but it's kind of different because multiverse, every choice and decision you make can be a different opposite, you know, and come out probability, you know, but yeah. like, that is very interesting. Like I, mm, oh my goodness, I lost my train of thought just now. I was thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> he does that, bro. He does that. Like, I'm that. thinking about what is to come of the multiverse when he is introduced. Like, will it end or will it just continue? Will it just go back to the sacred timeline or will it just branch out? Oh, and I remember my thought. Uh, there is a rumor actually going around about what if season two, there is my, there might be a delay because... They're going to make what if episodes out of the sequel Marvel movies that weren't made. That'd like be pretty Spider-Man cool. Four, Fantastic Four Three, like Blade Four, like you know X Men Four. That's, like, really, you know, that's like, really interesting. Like Amazing Spider-Man Three, Ghost Rider Three. Like they're going to make what ifs out of those continuations of those old movies, and I and like I can totally be down for that just because you know how Deadpool Three is going to just kind of end the Fox Universe movies. <laughs> it would be interesting yeah. and kind of dope to see those characters again just to see how their stories would end or play out 
but in animated form, and they can get away with a lot with animation, you know. I mean, to be honest, if they really want to turn the world on their heads, what they should do is they should do what you're saying as far as like extending those things, but every single one of those episodes should end with a portal opening. So you continue with those stories, you know. But Kevin, Kevin, do you hear this? <laughs> and but then Kevin, it all, Bob, it all, it all um, and then when those guys show Amy. up in Secret when those guys show up in Secret Wars, you know, we've already we see we've seen them. We've seen them. Right, we've we've seen them. them. We had a nice refresher with them. Yeah, where where life took them right and then there. all of a sudden. Clip this, send it to him. Oh, he's listening to, to absolutely this. everything. <laughs> I'm 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 almost sure he's listening to absolutely everything. Uh I'm not surprised if he is. He's he's yeah, his he's got shooters. My boy Kevin got Oh, shooters. that explains that red dot that's out my window and I'm talking about spoilers. Yeah. Moving yeah. on. Um so that's all I got on the Marvel news. <laughs> all right, so ladies and gentlemen, that was A Rob the Marvel God with the news. I have put on my little news hat. Because James Gunn has delighted and angered an entire fan base seemingly in one five-minute video. After after everything had gone released with him, uh, him and Peter Safran being the heads of the DC, the new DC Studios and the new DC Universe, the DC EU as we know it is dead. The Snyderverse as we know it is dead. To those that were fans of those particular properties. They're seemingly up in arms right now, mostly because of the lack of Henry Cavill. <laughs> but um, I'm playing the world's smallest violin. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Bro. It is what it is. I'm, more, I'm like, don't, don't, um, don't cry for the DCEU. Don't cry for the Snyderverse. Cry for the, for the DCE. Right? Yes, yes. Cry for the, the Arrowverse and Flash. Like you know that that is actually got some good things done. <laughs> so yeah. But people had speculated whether or not Peter uh, James Gunn had already started working on what projects will be coming up next. And that's what we'll be taking this time to talk about before we get into uh, Beware My Power. So one of the first things he said that is super interesting to me is that you know they're still maintaining the Shazam 2, Blue Beetle, Flash, and Aquaman 2 uh, film releases. Oh, Aquaman 2... Money. Yeah, Aquaman 2 is the most confusing to me because, to my knowledge, Flash is going to reset things. And, I and, feel that. And so the idea, like, okay, Shazam, Shazam can do whatever he wants. We're going to break things, so it doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. Uh, um, and so, and it's almost, like, from the trailer, it feels like the movie's a bit inconsequential. It feels like the movie's a bit uh, a one-shot, you know, as opposed to, like, an overarching universe film. And that's fine. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that those things are still happening. His plan is to get a connected DC universe across animation, live action, and video games. With his massive vision, it's a massive vision. The idea would be if I mean I'm just fucking you know ballpark. If Timothy Chalamet plays <laughs> Tim Drake in a Titans in a Teen Titans show. Then if there's a video game, it's set in the universe, and the Teen Titans are there, he would also voice Tim Drake in the video game. If, if they were to introduce an animated film in the same universe, and the Teen Titans were there, he would then voice that animated person. Um, 
so I like that. And what I also like is he's insisted that anything that is not mainline DCU, <laughs> I'm so used to saying EU, DCU, it's going to be branded Elseworlds. I which, like that. I like how he specified that. It's clear distinction now. So the Batman 2 is an Elseworlds story. Joker 2 is an Elseworlds story. Everything after um, Aquaman 2 will be all connected from animation to live action to video games. Now, today we'll only be covering the uh, live action animation. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but um, it's a lot. Video games, I think they're still working on because we still, I think their last one that they will be releasing is the Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League, which yep. I think comes out this year. I'm not 100% sure. But um, he confirms that he has an 8 to 10 year plan for the DC. Uh, you the very first film won't be coming out to 2025 so crazy year. <laughs> that is that is uh so the idea that marvel will be closing one of its doors and dc is opening one of its doors is, is pretty interesting but i also I think wonder, james has some insider knowledge on that one <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm also gonna think some contracts get freed up after those fox lockdowns in yes. 2025 so he can start, you know, putting some people off that roster. Michael yeah, Fassbender is going to be available. You know, James McAvoy is going to be available. People like that. Nicholas Holt, who just did, was just in the menu. You know, um, th yeah. I can totally see Michael Fassbender playing Ra's al Ghul. Oh, like, yeah. like and But then you got to do, like, old makeup at one point, And then he goes into the thing, goes into the Lazarus pit. And just comes not, out. We've just... not done yet yet. We've not done, like, the old man getting... Helped into the pit, and then he comes out freaking 23 and jacked and stuff. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that um, the first chapter, this is what I think I like the most. Um, the first chapter, of the they, they made it very clear. They didn't call it a phase, right? Right, yeah, and I because like that too. That's like branded. That. That's branded. That's MCU. That's just what that's going to be. Instead, they're doing um, chapters. So the first chapter of his DCU is called gods and monsters which is pulled from a justice league um you know a, a justice league elseworld story i want to believe um yeah. and also an elseworld film which i believe is when they take yeah. on this this hmm, the society well, i know what happened in it it's like i know the, you got the actual the vampire i forget that with the, uh, the justice syndicate the syndicate that's what it is. the syndicate of the owl man um superwoman etc and so forth so yeah gods and monsters which makes a lot I of sense because, <laughs> because a lot of DC characters are more closer to gods than they are the regular Hammer you know, superheroes that we have, the street level stuff. They have very little street yeah, level they're, heroes. They're they're very um, myth they're very mythological, like literally the Justice League Seven. You can look at them compared to Olympian gods. Even they yeah. have an Olympian god, you know? <laughs> they went a little too hard on that characterization in the Snyderverse, them being gods and stuff. But right. I do think um, but, I, but I like the distinction between that and Marvel. Like, you know, like Marvel's heroes' characters seem more human. If I can remember it's relatable, he seems spectacular. You know, they're out there. These are, you won't see this in real life. Like, they're fictitious. They're actually mythological. Like, this, you defeats that they do are crazier. You know, like, I don't know. Marvel's more grounded. DC's yeah. more fantastical. So, like, it's more not in our reality so i can just dive into it more you know it's like oh my god and let it be <laughs> ridiculous let let a 20 foot 
a twenty foot tall starfish destroy a town. You know, like you should be able to right. get there. Right, because um, we know like that's how crazy their comics are. You don't gotta, they don't gotta sugarcoat nothing. It, it's there. Like, and I appreciate also like it's a clear distinction that after Aquaman two at December twenty fifth, if you guys don't know, Jam come out March seventeenth, Flash June sixteenth, Blue Beetle August eighteenth, Aquaman December twenty fifth. So basically, at the end of this year, brand new slate. I appreciate yes. that. Not in the middle of the year, not the end of the, the you know, this quarter, spring. Fall. As soon as the year is over, start anew. And we also Thank know you, that the first film is in twenty twenty four, so DC will go. The entirety of 2025. Uh, so DC will go the entirety of 2024 with no films. That gives them give people time. a break. Give people a break. Odds are in 2024, we'll get our heads exploded with the casting of some of this stuff. Oh, yeah. San Diego Comic Con. Or maybe they do. Maybe they bring, back, maybe they bring back DC Fandom. I mean, yes. They yes. had that. You know, maybe that bring was, it back. That, that- that got me back into DC when they just announced a plethora of new animated shows, movies, and like games. And like, you know, when they announced Titans and Doom Patrol, DC fan was where I found that news. They need yeah. to revive that. Get the get the fandom going again. Like, you're about to you're about to go a whole year without DC stuff. That was like when COVID hit and Marvel didn't drop nothing for a whole year until WandaVision came out. Like we were itching, wanting Yeah, and it wasn't that wasn't a strategic plan, right? That wasn't a strategic right. plan by Marvel. They had no choice. Right. <laughs> well, this could actually be a plan. Like, just take a breath, please, and look yeah. at the look at everything. Um, right. Set all of it up so y'all can just follow it. No hiccups, no nothing. Just y'all have a year of prep time. Y'all had y'all literally created the character who's known for prep time. Yeah. Follow it. <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent. So, what the first project he announced is a animated TV series written by him called Creature Commandos. Um. It's so the creature commandos are a secret government organization that began during World War II and it specials in experimental biotechnology and necromancy. So it's a team of like, well, I think now it's like Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein. Um, at one point, Ray Palmer's on this team. Yeah, there's like a vampire, you know, like it's like that. Basically. It gave me, it gave me like Howling Commando vibes from Marvel. So like think of Howling Commandos with the Universal monster Monsters. Team. Yeah, think of Howling right. Commandos with the Universal Monsters, like something very similar to that. Um, It'd be dope. It'd be interesting. And it's it's with that announcement that he says that people like when this comes out, don't be surprised if some of these characters then show up in live action on you know voice like whoever voices them on this series will play them in live action whenever they decide to get introduced but we would already have been familiar because of this television show when he said that i got chills and as you say it again i got chills again because it's like yeah ooh, james gunn you're about to make marvel like go like whoa we need to get yeah. our because he James Gunn, he knows what Marvel's doing. I have to believe that he knows what they're doing. So he knows, since he knows the formula, he knows how to make it better. Yeah, I think it's one of those yeah. things where he he became a part of a big machine. But as anyone does, once you get in there, you start going, well, I like how they did it. But if it was me, you understand? And then you start going, I would change this. I would change that. And so that's exactly what he's doing. But he's staying loyal to his people because uh, getting a... Wait, is this... Yeah, it is live action. Getting a live action release is Waller 
my girl Viola Davis is starting her own TV show. I've been I've been campaigning for Viola Davis to have her own show since the Suicide Squad, since Suicide Squad, the twenty sixteen basically. I've been right, wanting right. her ever since I've seen her in animation. She's so shady. She's so shrewd. She's so just a bitch. I need her in live action. Let's see how she got here. <laughs> yeah, I, Biota Davis is going to start, and that makes a lot of Let's sense because that's the one that we know. Um, and it said that the series will follow Amanda Waller and feature those on Team Peacemaker. So we might see... Um, uh, you know, dye beard and, and, and all those characters. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, if I like a better word, C and D list, not a bunch I of no. Bring know. Vigilante, man. <laughs> Vigilante had me rolling on Peacemaker. Please bring his ass back. Put his ass, in ass. on there. Um, and yeah, we might even see John Cena on there. So, and I can almost imagine at the end of that show, she's going to find a way to bring back Task Force X. <laughs> at the end of that show, She's going to find a way to have another secret organization because it was outed in Peacemaker, um, which kind of ruffled the feathers of things. But this, I, I I believe these shows will be coming out post-Flash, so everything's up for grabs now that everything's been broken. And I love that. It's like so with Flashpoint, it's it, it sets them up so beautifully to just, they can start the bar so high and then just go from there. I have I have a lot of faith in James. He's got an 8 to 10 plan. He, he's never missed. He's never missed. No, he hasn't. He has it. Like, and he, I have he, the he gets thing. the heart and the humor to it, too. Oh, yeah. he It's the, the greatest blend. That's why Guardians is probably in, in a lot of people's top five favorite movies because it, it just blends all the adventure, the comedy, the space opera of it all. Like, if if you would have told me that, matter of fact, no, Guardians is basically if you combine Star Wars and Indiana Jones with a ragtag group of, well, Star Wars, a ragtag group of. Mom trying to take down the empire. He had a Wookiee, a dro- two droids, a, a, cr- a kid, an old man, and yeah. a chick, and a bounty. Yeah, ragtag group of yeah, can't miss. James <laughs> Gunn uh, the fire and have the faith in him. Speaking of something that might have a lack of faith, Peter Safran was quoted on saying that Ezra Miller is committed to their recovery, and uh, will discuss their future as the Flash at a later date. I, so, I I don't care how I sound about this. I don't care if it's controversial, problematic. They should not have kept as a Miller. He, I agree. He he's done way too much for the uh, like. It's really like it goes back to how Warner Brothers handles it. They just they put business over fans. They already spent the money, so they're just gonna put it out there, regardless of how Ezra Miller is gonna make the audience feel. Because we it's out there. We've seen what he did. We've seen the crimes he committed. We've seen how wild he is. Like. Can't erase that. You can't undo that. You can't make us unfeel that. We saw it. We we got healed, but still, we don't forget it. Now we have yeah. to go into this movie watching this product, just waiting for it to end so we can get to the new to the new shit, for lack of better words. And I don't want to feel that way towards Flash. Like it's Flash. Ezra Miller, yes, fuck him. I don't care. But I don't want to feel that energy towards Flashpoint. Flashpoint is probably one of the greatest. You know, it's convoluted. It's out there. But I can't believe I can't believe we're here already. I can't believe we're here already. I can't believe we're at Flashpoint already. Right? right? We're know? already at Flashpoint. That's crazy. We didn't even get a live action like Infinite Crisis or like a actual Batman getting his back broke by Bane. Like, you know, like actual events that happened in the mainline continuity. Nope. Started all over because they tripped on their face and just started dragging the body. <laughs> no, no. Like, yeah, right from Rick and Morty. They paid me, Morty. Jesus, yeah. baby. Like, that's what happened to the DCEU. Jesus Basically. Bane. <laughs> That's it. 
the biggest news has to be, and it has the least amount of information in it. The biggest news is we have a Superman film on deck, Superman Legacy, uh, written by James Gunn to be released on July 11th, 2025. And this is considered to be the first real chapter. So the clock begins now, <laughs> uh, six months and or a little bit under six months, two years and six months, two and a half years from now. We will we will be in theaters watching a new Superman movie. Hopefully a hopeful one. Hopefully a bright and hopefully. shiny and joyful. Yes. And hopefully he has caring parents who love him and tell <laughs> don't him die. that don't die. Or they die of natural causes. Natural causes. Can't save everybody. You know? Um, hopefully he doesn't look like he's pissed that he has to save people. Hopefully he doesn't right. get stabbed in the heart in his sequel. Hopefully they don't have to resurrect him in alien goo and throw a mother box into some water to get him back. Fingers right. crossed. So, I don't know. Fingers crossed. Say, say the time frame again. Like how long until to, so people can know. Two and a half so years. They can talking about? Two and a half years. Yeah. Two and a half years, y'all. And Warner Brothers, if you hear me, if you hear me. Two and a half years Get to right. put Superman Legacies in front of me. I don't care if this is sound threatening. I've been hurt by the menace, the lack of menace <laughs> products in the yes. past decade. Yeah. If y'all put this product up there, y'all better set the bar that this is Superman going forward for the next 50 years live action. No matter what, this is the staple for modern day Superman. Because there's too many. There's too many. What is the standard? What is the bar? We know who Superman is, but what is the one that we need to follow from here on out? Exactly. Like, give me that. Make him young. Set, make him bright. Set the make standard. Him, yeah. Make him hopeful. Yes. Set the standard and make sure the standard is high because you know why? He was the first superhero. He was the first analog. He was the first. I think the most tragic thing. I think the most tragic thing, and it's not necessarily, you know, uh, uh, money doesn't necessarily equate greatness, right? But the idea that we've yet to have, <laughs> the idea that we've yet to have a Superman movie break one billion feels weird. That's crazy. Captain That's Marvel broke a billion. Crazy. Aquaman right? broke Marvel, a billion. Aquaman <laughs> broke a billion, but we have yet to get a Man of Steel or Superman, Son of Kryptonian, Last Krypton, nothing that's broke a billion. No. That is insane. Because no. it, it's not like it's hard to write. For Kal-El, for Clark Kent, all you have to have is have heart. And there's a story because that's what Superman is about. Saving hearts, saving lives, making people feel hopeful for tomorrow. That's why he's called the man of tomorrow. Yes, he, he looks is. towards a brighter future. He is that. And they need to put that on screen. We need to see that. America, the world needs a nice reminder of that. Next in Boys and Invincible and Men Night. Like, we need some hope. We need we need to feel hopeful for the future. Superman 100%. needs to bring that. Yeah, and I've been saying that for a while. Um, the thing is, people like Cavill. This is the big thing. It doesn't really matter what they would announce today. If he would have said he was doing this and he was doing this with Cavill, I think people would have been absolutely fine. But people feel like Cavill got a short. What is it called? Uh, like a, like he drew the short straw and I, ended I up in say, a screwed up universe. And, I want to say it's know. the Hugh Jackman syndrome. It's like you're just stuck with a role. They, Everyone only sees you as that role. You can, oh, you can, you know, you played yeah. it perfectly. Why do anything else? And I, it, it has to be a psychological analysis or research on that as fans. Like, why are we hooked on that? Like, we cannot manage. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I can't see Deadpool being played by anyone else no more. Can't. Doctor Strange, right. hell yeah, I can see other people play that role. But Captain America, yeah, I can see other people play that role. 
But it's I think I think there was a people. I think there was a certain subset of people who believed in a Superman movie starring Henry Cavill, not directed by Zack Snyder. And at one point, that, that was <laughs> I won't no. And at one point, that was above people's heads. I don't know if you remember. I it wasn't Ma- Matthew Vaughn. I want to say if not, yeah, it was Matthew oh. Vaughn was was uh, supposedly going to direct a Henry Cavill starring Superman movie. It was going to be the Man of Steel sequel. Yeah, um, I remember and, that announcement. Yeah, and then, and then that got quieter and quieter and quieter, and now there's nothing of it. So the first right. time we'll see our oh, I'm not even going to say that because who knows where he'll pop up. But the first story. That will be surrounding our DCEU Superman will be released in 2025. Um, this feels like a rebranding. This next one, Lanterns. It's a live action TV series that's going to be on HBO Max following the Green Lanterns, but particularly how Jordan and John Stewart, as we kind of uh, speculated. Um, and it's going to be, it's described as true detective in space because these are space cops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, we we were they were already green. They had already greenlit a Green Lantern Corps show. You remember this? Yeah, like way. It was like in 2018. They yeah, greenlit it, and it was just we just we saw I saw the image of the concept art. Like I saw I saw a lot, and then it yeah, they casted Guy. Let's let's let's, let's quiet. <laughs> they casted Guy Gardner. They had casted um, Finn, I want to say his name. I think it's Finn Whitrock. Was they had as playing oh, no. Guy. Uh, and they, they casted Borog. They casted that. I remember the casting too. They casted. Uh, they basically casted yeah. all the main like recognizable Green Lanterns. It yeah. was just never hit pre-production. Like I, man, and I love yes. Green Lantern. Like we speculated. Like we, we, and and I don't recall. Is it live action or is it gonna be animated? It is live action. It's a live action television series, and a cool. live action space uh, mystery could be really really interesting. Really, really oh, interesting. Yeah. And then because they will probably most likely be in space, I think that's where Green Lantern really sings because you can bring in so many of the celestial and extraterrestrial DC universe in through him. Um, so, yeah. Uh, a film about the authority, uh, DC's version of a team of antiheroes is getting, uh, antiheroes trying to get things done their way in a world that they, they feel screwed. Um, it was originally... Uh, created by Warren Ellis and uh, ri- uh, drawn by Brian Hitch. Uh, I believe they did the entire series. And yeah, they are. it's a team made up of characters from Stormwatch. Stormwatch was, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, image comics thing. So Jim Lee helped co-create Image Comics. Not co-creator, there's like five of them. But he was part of the creation <laughs> right. of Image Comics. Each person who started Image Comics got their own imprint. Their own publishing imprint where no one else could mess with them. Jim Lee's was called yeah. Wildstorm. Uh, Jim Lee's was called Wildstorm, so he created a bunch of characters, he created a bunch of stories, and I believe he came, created a team called Stormwatch. Um, then, DC offered him the role of like a head publisher or whatever uh, at DC and he came over and with him he gave basically uh Stormwatch to DC DC now owns Wildstorm Stormwatch uh you know okay those characters you know, you're talking about that I do remember Image Comics like they sold off a lot of characters to both DC and Marvel like that's why Angela came over to um 
from the Spawn comics came over to Thor. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I want to say Grifter is one of these guys who kind of looks like Deadpool. He has like a like a like a mask oh! that's just cloth. <laughs> Yeah, it's just cloth, and he has blonde hair on he top, like and the, it's, it's red with like a black. The, his eyes kind of look like Deadpool's. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think he's one of those as well. But yeah, they'll be doing that. I, I, if I'm guessing, that's their the boys. That's their um, brutality. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I swear I had another one, but it, it just the boys. I <laughs> think that's fine. But um, like, I, I like it. I need, I like that they're elevating these uh, lesser known characters. That I, I, I've never heard of this team. Never heard of these these characters. But they look dope. They look interesting. They all look like you know characters that I've seen in the past. But you know, I can, I don't gotta think that hard about them. You know, I just gotta just wait for the origin to see how they got to where they are. You know. And if there's and, anybody who knows how to introduce weird characters, it's freaking James Gunn. So it's freaking James Gunn made us fall in love with a talking tree. I know two. I know two people on the authority, Midnighter and Apollo. They are. I do know Midnighter. Yes, they are Jim Lee's Batman and Superman. Um, But the biggest thing people might know or might end up finding out is that they're also lovers. So, (laughs) prepare for that power team. Uh, No pun intended. Um, But they'll be coming soon. Another live-action television show. Paradise Lost, a show based around the Amazons on Themyscira. Themyscira needs to be fleshed out. I think you can Definitely. introduce so many cool side characters into this. So many. So oh many cool God. side characters. You can get um, Wonder Girl in this. Yara Floor could be brought into this. Um, N- Nubia, you know. Yes, could be I was brought about to say this. Nubia. They can uh, even just flesh out this, the whole eye of the whole nation of Themyscira. Like, you know, there's a Themyscira. Yeah, you get the government. Amazon, you know, yeah. Besides the island. Like, you do with the, the government. And the mythos of the Greeks. Yep, right? Yes. Uh, they you get know, the um, on the UN. They want to be represented as an actual country. Like, we're here. We're not just hiding no more. Yeah, maybe like, Paradise Lost speaks to the idea that they are on Paradise Island, but that's lost because people now know where they are. You know, pe- they are now, they are now. Maybe Diana has outed them or something like that. Or maybe somebody's found them, which is even more jacked, right? Maybe Amanda Waller's found Paradise Island, <laughs> you know, and now they got to deal with Man. that, you know? That, that and and I can imagine Waller, uh, island of super-powered Amazonian, like, immortal women. Oh, those yeah. are super soldiers, I hear. We're yeah. going to put chips in you and make you fight for us. And that's it. <laughs> um, so... I th- it's at this point, right? I had told a friend, a friend of mine, um, Yogi. He's been on this podcast. You, we've been, he's been on an episode with us. Um, he's a humongous DC Comics fan, and he had a complete faith in this in this slate being announced. I had none. I told him <laughs> the slate's gonna be some randomness. I don't really care about because they're not going to tell us that they're throwing everything away because they still need people to buy tickets to Shazam and they still need people to buy tickets to Aquaman. So they're not going to dump on those things too hard because because of that. The Flash, Blue Beetle, etc. and so forth. So I'm sitting right. there and he's announcing things and I'm like, okay, a new Superman. Okay, I wanted that. Green Lanterns, you already said that. Water, I feel it. I feel fine. it. You know, Waller, <laughs> fine. etc. and so forth. And I'm not trying, I wasn't trying to be pessimistic. I no, just, like it's not even pessimistic. It's real. Like yeah. you know, like because we know, like we've been in the comic book absorbing media for decades at this point. You know, it's it's like a six, seven cents. You know, they're not going to give us like Man of Steel two, Justice League this, Green Lantern <laughs> versus. You know, they're not about to do. It. They're going to give us some, you know, some new characters, new shows, 
to rush out with like yeah and then they're yeah. gonna because and like, a, these are good, awesome also these are awesome by the way yeah. like i, I yeah, like nothing softballs nothing's yeah, bad like, these are these are solid like projects these are all solid things that everyone is and there's really something for everyone all of them are different all of them are new for like a better words and it's yeah. you know it's a good way it's fresh it's fresh it's a good but way my arms, without all the hype my arms <laughs> were definitely crossed you know my arms were, were, were definitely crossed as it's going down right, I'm but, but mr gun <laughs> mr gun must have heard our episode last week oh our episode last week we talked about uh the uh, characters that deserve to be shown in live action right and i had one at the tippy tippy top so much so that he became the character's artwork for that episode ladies and gentlemen in the brave and the bold we will get our introduction to the DCEU Batman for the very first time. And the world will get their introduction to the very first time. The very first live action adaptation of Damian Wayne. Let's go. Live action Damian Wayne. When Finally. they do that casting, it's going to be insane, bro. <laughs> I, we spoke about it at length here. How much I wanted it. How much I think it would Man. add to Batman. Um. <clears throat> Now, early on, I've heard some people be up in arms about obvi- the obvious jumping over three bat, three you know, <laughs> former Robins to do so. Um, I don't really care, only because, only because I've let them do things their way all this time. <laughs> they had the time to do their Red Hood. They had the time to do their Dick Grayson. They had their time. Yeah, and they at this just point, did we it. don't need it. We don't need so, it. So it was Batman and, as a dad. <laughs> and the thing is, the thing is, um, Damien can be somebody like Damien showing up doesn't mean that there isn't a Nightwing or Dick Grayson. He would just have been Nightwing at that point. Right. You know, uh, same thing with with Jason Todd. No, Jason Todd could always just be a cautionary tale. I stopped doing this because what you know, I had one or whatever. Um, right. Little bit of a selfish thought. It means we probably get an introduction to a better Talia than we had in in Rises, in Dark Knight Rises. We might get an actual badass Talia Al Ghul that could fight and is down for all that. So I can't wait for that. Um, but yeah, man, my baby boy, my baby boy is coming to the DCU, man, Damian <laughs> Wayne. I'm so damn happy. We spoke about it at length again. Like I said, I think he introduces so much to the Batman mythos and um, Batman. I think, in my opinion, people have been too obsessed with making him cool. Like that's been their, their thing. You, he can be cool by proxy of the other things, but now we're gonna make him responsible by having Damien around. He now has to tell somebody, okay, we don't break all their bones. You know, we don't. Yeah, we stab, but with a battering, but not in places where they can't recover. You know, and right. we start, we start seeing him pull back on even his own darkness, right? Because now he has an influence. Out. Yeah, somebody's watching. <laughs> I'm doing him. what you do, Dad. You yeah. said, but like, but now you're telling me you were hit. He's like, no, yeah, you can't break all their bones, just some <laughs> of their bones for Gotham. Yeah, and then you and then you and then you'll see him like breaking a man's arm. He's like, don't worry, don't worry, I didn't break them all. <laughs> you know, right? Like, this is just a six to I eight did- week sprain, as opposed to what I wanted to do. 
Yeah. Right, because ninja trained assassin, pressure point, and all, he's just like, damn it. And it's like, what? Only broke the, it in a couple places. All the the places. grand <laughs> the grandson of the leader of the worldwide syndicate of assassins. That's who they have to showcase when they showcase this character. I can't That's... freaking wait. Um something else we speculated on a live action TV series, Booster Gold, will be coming to that... us very, very soon. <laughs> that Yes, I was actually ecstatic for Booster Go. Is that weird? Like, I'm no, like, no. DC needs some comedy. They need comedy. Booster Gold is that yeah. comedy. <laughs> they were always just putting it in the wrong places. It felt like you know, yeah. uh, and and when and I also think people had a low patience for comedy when they weren't getting a good full meal, right? Like, if you're not giving me a good Justice League, I don't want a two-hour funny comedy about Booster Gold because you're not giving me the entree that I ordered, which is, like, a a good DCU. This is a perfect appetizer or or dessert. But what does it mean if you can't give me what I came here for? I came to this restaurant for a Justice League, you know, et cetera and so forth. Facts. Y'all hear this, man? Y'all hear the Don speaking? These are facts, people. These are facts. if you're going to give... Because that, that flash in the Justice League, he was not funny. He wasn't, like, charismatic. He was annoying. He was childish. Yes. Like, I'm like, that That was that wasn't Barry Allen. That was, like, pff, Wally West, like, in the Justice League animated cartoon, you know? He was goofy. And even yeah. then, that Wally West knew when to be serious, you know? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, and the, the idea is going to be that this is a, a time-traveling hero with imposter syndrome. The idea that, you know, he's got all the tech, he looks like a superhero, but the only person that knows that he really isn't is him. And what does that do to a man's ego? When you know that you're a fraud and everyone seemingly thinks that you're dressed to save the day and you don't know the first thing about saving the damn day, <laughs> you know. Um, again, wouldn't be surprised if a certain uh, Pratt showed up to do <laughs> this television Back. series. But, <laughs> but, you but, said it. You know, you said it. Wanted, it's right here, right now. We're, I'm calling it. Respect it. Chris Pratt is paying Booster Go. He ain't doing nothing <laughs> after Volume 3 anyway. Like, I'm saying, though, the Guardian story for the MCU is for the most part done. Like, they're oh, doing you know, Annihilation. Hey. They ain't doing Thanos Quest. Like, fuck it. You the say that. <laughs> you say that, but I could also see a Bradley Cooper Booster Gold as well. You know, I can see Bradley Cooper putting on the putting on the outfit as well. I think he could kill it. He has to be. I feel like I haven't seen him like seen him in a while. Only voice acting roles and it. stuff. You said uh, it. I'm but calling Bradley it. Bradley Cooper could be. <laughs> he called it a lot. If, if Rocket, <laughs> if Rocket dies, Bradley Cooper. He has the hair. He has the look. He has that. Like yeah. oh, like he has the comic. Bradley Cooper was hilarious in Hangover. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He definitely, he definitely has the comedic chops. Yeah, and the sarcasm and all that stuff as well. I also would like to see him. I'd also like to see uh, Cooper. I'm just saying, just saying shit now. I also like to see Cooper try Hal Jordan. I think he'd be a a good Hal Jordan. I think he could bring the seriousness. Like if if radical, you've seen what is it, sniper or shooter or whatever. Oh, Uh, um, uh, the the Kyle when he was Kyle, the American sniper. Yes, 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 yes. Like you see that, I can see him being a a soldier, a a space cop. You know, Um, so yeah, there's. There's future for all those guys there. Um, we, could, we could do a whole episode of just speculating <laughs> with the Guardians after get playing the DC. Hey, wake up for next week, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Get ready for that. Get ready for that. We have uh, 
We have a Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow series based on the yes. Tom King run of Supergirl. I have not read it, but it's described as having a more sci-fi slant. And from what I read of Supergirl, normally that's what it is. Like she's dealing yeah. more with oh, aliens yeah. and, and stuff like that because she, you know, um, unlike Cal, who grew up with loving parents, yeah, the destruction of Krypton sucks. But in all honesty, the destruction of Krypton means as much to Cal as like 9-11 to a child born today. You know, besides the fact that he lost his parents that he never met, <laughs> he, he, you know, it's a story told to him. Kara saw Krypton blow up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone she knew, hung out with, went to school with, died. And she has to find a way to survive and find what it means to still uphold the House of L, you know, and still, you know, decide to do be a force for good. So that could be super, super interesting um, there. And then last but not least, a Swamp Thing film. Swamp Thing's hey! thing absolutely yes. great. Um, Give the big lovable guy the love. Like, they canceled that old show, and I hurt me, because, like, I saw, like, clips of it, and it looked great. Why yeah. they got rid of it, I do not recall. They were, definitely so doing, hitting some of the, they were definitely hitting some of the horror elements with that show. They were doing some pretty off-the-wall stuff, and I was really, oh, yeah. really digging it. But Swamp Thing, man, it's really hard to explain if you haven't read it, because when you look at it, it just looks like... It's the, it's like the it's like a gothic romance in many ways. If you if like the original Alan Moore Swamp Thing, is is like poetry with monsters. It's very hard. It's yeah, very hard to. No, you're right. Because yeah. like monsters are sympathetic creatures. They do suffer. They're hated. Like they don't. They didn't want to be a monster. But no, there's some poetry there. Like yeah, like no, like you look at Swamp Thing. If you saw Swamp Thing. Human reaction is fear. Like when you see it, you're gonna be instantly fear. And he, but he was a human, and he does feel those emotions. So we would feel for that character. Like, oh, I just wanted a hug, but I can't have a hug because I look like a giant sewage monster. You know, like. <laughs> and and similarly, he's connected to the green. So Thanks. with all the feelings he feels normally, he also feels when there's a forest fire in California. You know, he also feels when one new dandelion grows you know in somebody's garden like he's connected to every bit of living vegetation on this earth and what does that mean do they introduce things like the rot which is like the death and the decay of the world the red the animals the clear the water all that kind of stuff they they can introduce all of these things one of the other things i wanted to say before we wrap up this uh news thing is uh one of the things that i found was interesting the live action version of the lanterns and again you 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 do this, and then you can just bring one to the Justice League because you're like, you already know him. Now he's just on the team. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to worry about how we're going to explain all this shit. But <laughs> the thing that was said about that that I want to make uh, a point to say now is that supposedly the Lanterns will be dealing with finding something at the edge of the universe that is going to impact the whole DCU. So it's so, I believe, I believe that what it is is exactly what my friend here, that my informed friend here said. It is the source wall, the DC source wall. Um, yes! What would that mean? What will that do? You know, we don't, again, I'm not 100% sure that's what it is, but it seems like speculate. the most likely. It seems like the most likely if you know DC. The thing at the end of their universe is the source wall, you know? And um, so. Yeah, all of that feels like it's right. It feels like it's right. So DC, <laughs> I've unblocked you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? I've unblocked you. I'm on Twitter for you guys. <laughs> I've unblocked you. 
you are permitted to slide into my DMs. But no, but no, I still have my hand on my chin. You understand? You you before right. I had you blocked, I didn't want to know what you were doing. You understand? I didn't want to know what was going on over there. But yeah, mm. I'm winning here. And <laughs> ten years late, first chapter. You know what's not in the first chapter? Black Adam. And that's all I need to know. Still hanging on to all I need to know. This show's about right. many things, but mostly major issues about consistency. <laughs> so I'm glad that 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 is done but yeah man super excited for all of that um and i i i just know we'll be hearing more and more about it it's so crazy that we live in this world now where we're just like here's what the next 10 years of things is going to be you know back in the day if we didn't see a trailer you didn't know nothing about nothing and i don't say i don't say it's like all those things like i'm not saying like all those were better days i say it more so in the sense of like um we're just in a different time now. It's so crazy. And we're in a time where half of this stuff wouldn't have never been made. 20 years ago, you know what I'm saying? They wouldn't have taken a chance on half of the creature commandos. No, that wouldn't have been made. <laughs> what are you, you saying? Know? Like, uh, like, yeah, 10, 20, like, these titles, the myth, like, you know. Because they would have, that's crazy. That is crazy. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Because they wouldn't, <laughs> no, they wouldn't have had the time. Um, but we got an introduction, or I guess a, an additional introduction, to one of the starring uh, roles in Lanterns when we watched Beware My Power, the Green Lantern animated film that is another addition to, were you aware of this, the Tomorrowverse? I was unaware. So, uh, let me make sure I have it um, here. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. So the the Tomorrowverse is Superman Man of Tomorrow. Okay. Justice League World War II. Batman the Long Halloween and Green okay. Lantern Beware My Power. Oh, okay. Shared universe. Gotcha. Though that kind of makes sense. The, the new Thank universe after know. after Darkseid killed and murdered and ripped everybody in half in that last <laughs> in the last universe. Okay. Because that literally tied in so many of those other movies, like, you know, yeah. Akram, you Flashpoint, know, Flashpoint, yeah, all that, right? yeah, all that the, the Atlantis, the throne, yeah, okay, so that, good, I'm glad that, thank you for that clarification, I needed that, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> so a uh, little background on Jon Stewart, um, he's one of the characters known as Green Lantern, a superhero appearing in American comic books published by DC Comics, and is the second ever African-American superhero to appear in DC, I believe Black Lightning was first, I gotta double check. Um, the character was created by Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams, both who sadly passed away literally in like the last five years. Both of them um, have passed. Yeah. Uh, I believe Neil Please. passed. Neil passed last year, last April. And um, I so, yeah. Denny O'Neill passed in 2020. Um, so the and as you know, the character famously voiced by Phil Lamar on the DC animated universe. So it was a little bit different to hear him in this. Did you look up or do you know who voices John Stewart in this? Oh, I did not. I was just really just absorbing it all, just taking it all in, just in just that twist at the end. Wait for it, y'all. That's yeah, that's super <laughs> that's super fair. So the person who played uh John Stewart Green Lantern or who voiced him in this was our boy Aldous Hodge, who plays Hawkman. Hawkman! In Black 
Yeah. Oh my God! No wonder sound is so familiar. So and not, and now that that's come out of my oh, mouth, <laughs> and now that that's come out of my mouth, I wonder if my man Hodge is 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 uh is right politicking for that lantern show because he'd kill it. He would right. He would murder it. Yo, he'd kill it. So. Now, either they're gonna bring they him back as Hawkman, which I'd be totally down with. If they brought him back as Hawkman, I'd be totally down because he killed it in that. But yeah. you know, not for nothing. If we want to throw him as John Stewart, I wouldn't be mad at that either. Wouldn't be mad at at all. He would bring the gruff, the gruff. You know, the he was a Marine. They have a certain like chip on their shoulders after a certain. You know, there's a certain mentality with that. And Hodge can bring that. I totally see it. Yeah. So we're gonna get all into this film. Um, I'm not trying to bash our Marines. No, you're I'm just good. Service, man. <laughs> real service. Um, yeah, we're gonna get into uh, this. Sorry, spoiler, a spoiler-filled synopsis of Green Lantern: Beware My Power. Um, yeah, full spoilers. spoilers, and yeah, we'll talk about it as we go. So, our story starts off with a scene of John Stewart overseas doing his duty as a Marine and taking out terrorists. Turns out he's having a bout of PTSD. That caused him to almost hurt a stranger. When he overhears a homeless man being accosted in the alley, he stands up for him and takes down the bullies with his excellent hand-to-hand skills. The police arrive. He is tased, cuffed, and questioned, but eventually let go when they realize he's a Medal of Honor recipient. Um, thought this was a good intro to the character, showing you know what, showing the pressure already on his shoulders, but then showing when he sees something going wrong, what he does, you know, instantly. Thought it was a bit mustache twirly that the villains were going to set the homeless man on fire. I believe is what they were trying yeah. to do. Or, yeah, they or, were like he was really just harassing a homeless man because he was in their alley. And I'm literally I'm second ass. I'm like, why are y'all picking on a homeless man? And yeah, like, y'all don't. Oh, it's just like it's really messed up. It's really setting the pace for the character. Like he stands up for what's right. He fights for the weak. He has PTSD. He was in. You know, it just it. First five minutes, beautiful. You you didn't have to. They didn't try hard. It was, could, it was it fit. And you could tell <laughs> that you know they're taking a page from the Snyderverse in the sense that they're trying to ground this. And the most grounded element of this is that the police arrive, see a black man, and immediately let the other two run away. And right? they taste. Like, and they taste. Question and release. Uh, John Stewart, like nothing. Like, once like, they saw, like, yo, he's a Medal of Honor recipient. Oh, and like, it wasn't even. <laughs> it wasn't even though because at, at the first point it was like he's a Medal of Honor recipient and I'm like oh, okay so it's like oh my god we respect our troops later on it ends up becoming like he's a Medal of Honor recipient you know how much shit we'd catch if we right. if it came out on the news that we arrested one not not that I personally feel bad but we could ultimately be made to feel bad later on so let's not do it right now <laughs> right uh, so kind of that's real there. yeah 100%. that's reality they did like it was authentic. I, I didn't feel no wipe away about it. It was well, yeah, no. that happens. Yeah, Shit. you don't even question it. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> so, so after his little, uh, you know, fun time with the police, John takes a cab home, <laughs> but is shocked to see a spaceship fall out of the sky and land in his backyard. He approaches the flaming aircraft and saves its sole inhabitant, a guardian of the universe. I think it's Kent, Kent, the one that mostly gets named. Um, right, but I think I thought he belonged exclusively to Hal. That's what I think as well. Yeah. Well, there's two of them that kind of this Ganth, Ganth, and there's like a third one. They like have the same names because like a whole. 
I get confused with them and the Watchers sometimes. Yeah, I get confused with them and the Watchers on occasion. So, it, man, it like you are stuff. not alone. <laughs> <laughs> Watu, Vatu, Natu. All right, which one that is lives on our moon? Yeah, not yeah, moon exactly. Three nine nine, but Moon six one six. Like, bro. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. The, the Guardian awakens because he was knocked out by the crash. He tells John he's been looking for him, but before he could warn him, the Guardian succumbs to his wounds and dies. Strange thing, he like catches fire. You saw that? Like he like <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I, I was messed up for saying this joke, but I was like, wow, he was super dry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His skin was so ashy, wind sparked it. <laughs> <laughs> right. His skin was so ashy, wind sparked it. Well, the crash fire. Uh <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, a green ring appears from the guardian's robes, and it places itself on Stuart's hand while talking to him. The ring tells him he's a Green Lantern now and has a catastrophic time trying to wield its power. When he asks to be taken to someone who could explain this to him, the ring takes him to the Justice League Watchtower. Once there, Stuart is treated as an intruder by Vixen, Martian Manhunter, and Green Arrow. Although he manages to defend himself before Manhunter restrains him, don't get it twisted, Manhunter. Manhunter will handle you. Manhunter will. You saw how Manhunter was like letting him do stuff, and then was like, you know what, bro, and just yoked him up because he don't play that. Manhunter don't play around, bro. Damn right. So he got caught up caught real quick. Like, and I thought it was interesting that uh, that there was an interesting lineup that they had on the Watchtower because, like, my my instant thought was like, I'm. A- like, wait, what continuity are we in? I'm like, I thought this Watchtower had a bunch of heroes on it. Or yeah, just like yeah, the yeah. Main seven or twelve or fifteen? Like, what? Who is going right. on here? Why is Vixen up here? I can't. Yeah. I, I, space stuff is going down. I ain't calling her. I'm calling Cal <laughs> Booster Green. You know, someone who can fly. Why? Yeah. Green and Green. Nothing against them. They're great characters. I'm just Martian Manor. Cool. That explains it. You know, original seven. But they were on monitor. Why not Retro NATO? Or like uh, uh, Mr. Miracle, or uh, I don't know. This is they're interesting. On, they, they, they were picked for monitor duty, bro. <laughs> That's what it was. You know what I'm saying? They, it's like jury duty. You gotta. All right, I'll go. I'll go. They keep sending me right. to my mailbox because I'm gonna have to go. <laughs> when you said the lineup, I didn't think about it now. But besides Green Arrow, those characters are mostly portrayed by black characters. Uh, Vixen yeah. and Martian Manhunter, so I thought that was pretty interesting as well. Yeah, and yeah, I just said that too, like, Vixen and Green Lantern did have, like, a um, romantic relationship too, comics and in the show, too, when yeah. him and Shiara were going through that little tat-a-tat. Yeah, as 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 happens. Um, so, although he, oh, yeah, 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 the, the, they recognize his symbol as being one of the Green Lanterns, but John says he's been trying to get rid of the actual ring. When asked, the ring says its former owner was Hal Jordan, a member of the Justice League, so everyone flips out because rings only leave their hosts when they're dead. So Green Lantern is like, or Green Arrow is like, I'm going to go to Owa and find out if one of my best friends is dead or not. If you I want to come, y'all can come. And John Stewart's like, I, uh, yeah, I, I'll go. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll go with the Let's go. Let's do it. Right? <laughs> Just but they, but they, the immediately, <laughs> they immediately don't get along. Why do you think that is? Uh, Nathan Fillion's character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He always voices like those charismatic, like I won't say assholes, but like you know, there's sarcasm, like Hawkeye. You know, there's the uh, cave from Destiny. You know, agree? Like they're just they're witty, they're bantery, they say jokes, they're kind of mean spirited. Like he's a jerk, for lack of better words. <laughs> yeah, but like, I can see that. Just 
I don't know. Is he, he's skeptic. Green Arrow has always been like a skeptic person. He needs to see the facts first before he just starts instantly believing the stuff. You know, he's like, for lack of better words, they shoot straight. So if you go tell yeah. me something, tell me and don't skate around it. You know, now, he was yeah, actually wary of him because he know his best friend or you know how is Green Lantern? Like he has a Green Lantern ring, so like I never met yeah. you. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, and did you? And are you part of this weird conspiracy thing? Right? Like you just showed up on our doorstep, like. The alarm didn't go off because you're a Green Lantern, but yeah, like what, what's going on here? Um, yeah. Jimmy Simpson is actually who's voicing him in this. Jimmy Simpson is, if you've seen Westworld, he's in that. Um, he's in. He's mostly known for "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," uh, where he plays one of the. Ah, players. okay. Sounds yeah. so similar. Yes. <laughs> um, he's probably doing his best Nathan Fillion, to be honest. You know. It, it really sounds like Nathan Fillion. <laughs> I was like, is that Nathan Fillion? He's like, he's like, say it loud and proud, and I'm like, yes. That sounds like Deadpool. And Nathan Fillion played Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so they they recover the Guardian spacecraft and using the power ring to get it, uh, get them to Oa, the headquarters. They use the sorry, they use the power ring to get to Oa, the headquarters of the Green Lantern Corps. When they're en route, the ring gives John a crash course on all things Lantern. They arrive on Oa and find it in ruins with many of its Green Lanterns incapacitated, and John has another flashback. Ali tells Jon Stewart about how Sinestro chained Hal to be the greatest Green Lantern in the entire universe before choosing the dark side. I love that uh, Jon's like, what do you mean greatest? And there's like literally a statue that's like Hal Jordan is the greatest. The biggest one in the whole room. Because I was like, when he said it, I was like, what? Of course, comments like, well, he is. But I'm like, no way. Turns left. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he is. He's considered the greatest Green Lantern in the universe. Um. So that, you know, it's, that's it's not, interesting. When they said that, that without storytelling, it's set up so much. That means the whole crisis on Infinite Earths thing, like the darkest night, blackest day yeah. of darkest night happened. Like he proved all, all this stuff happened. And now we're here just with one word. He's a great that, lantern. That's <laughs> what the whole point of, we were talking about. When we were intro- talking about the idea of introducing Jon Stewart. You don't have to introduce Hal Jordan. You can tell the tale of him. And he could always show up to be more of a, uh, a guide, a guardian figure or guidance for the new Straight Green Lantern. Support character. Yeah. And then if you want to give the, if you don't want to give the fans blue balls, give him a ring or have him just pull out, whip out his ring. You know, and be like, you thought, I, you thought I got rid of this? What you thought this was? I just, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not patrolling the sector. You thing on me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, always, always, always. Um, so he ends up grabbing a lantern and uses it to help charge his uh, steward's ring. Suddenly, Hawkgirl comes out of nowhere and begins to attack John until Ollie shows up for help. Stuart restrains her using his ring, but almost kills her as he flashes back to the traumatic events of, of his past. They release her, and she confesses she thought that they were part of the Ranian attack. She says a Ranian ship uh, landed on this planet and must have been the assailants. She introduces herself as Shiera Hall and explains that the Thanagarian-Ranian War had briefly ended with Jordan overseeing a joint project using Zeta Beam technology to benefit both planets. They're basically going to use this kind of teleportation beam technology to allow them to trade with each other, these two warring planets. They decided they're not going to fight anymore. They're going to use this stuff to so that they could wade, I mean, so they could uh, increase trade and their economy and all this other kind of stuff. But someone messed with the beam. It ended up transporting the entire planet of Danagar into Rand's atmosphere, upsetting the whole ecosystem of both planets, restarting the war, 
killing millions of Thanagarians and Rainians, and apparently in that scuffle, killing Hal Jordan. What'd you think of all of that? Hawkgirl's whole meaning of being in this. One, I love her introduction. Shoot first, ask questions later. Warrior yeah. mentality. But I was like, girl, there's a time and place when you don't know what <laughs> the hell is going on. <laughs> for real, for real. But I loved her <laughs> intensity. I love the character. I love how driven she is. The whole scene, uh, it set up the whole mystery of what's going on because, you know, no one loves war. War is probably the worst thing, worst product humanity has created. Yeah. But there's a reason why war starts. You know, it just doesn't happen. Things build up. Things are put in place. Things are just overlooked. Yeah. And then conflict arises. And it is really stuff that mystery. I'm like, well, like, it is really, it really, it made me just dive into it. It made me just really just want to like, okay, she's really upset about the, like what's going on here. It just set the mystery beautifully. Like the, like you said earlier, hopefully this Green Lantern show follows it. Green Lanterns are space cops. And inadvertently they got my man John doing what his occupation that he wanted to deny he's doing. He's criminally yeah. investigating. There's a whole space cop mystery, mystery going on. Yeah, that's, more, that's, that's exactly that's exactly what this is. And the Thanagarians and the Iranians, this is our first time uh, kind of talking about this in the, in the modern DC uh, universe or DC animated universe. Well, what's interesting is they're, I wouldn't say their versions because I'm almost certain they predate them, but they go to war as much as the Korean scroll do over at Marvel. Like they're known to just, they're constantly fighting. Um, but what I like about this is that because of the way that they introduce them, you don't know who's right. There's no automatic like, okay, Cree good, scroll bad, or vice versa. You're like, okay, she's saying the Randians are bad, but they don't believe that the Randians actually did it. Because she accuses them of sabotaging the experiment and attacking Oa. But John Stewart's like, ah, that looks that sounds perfect. Right. It's probably not what it is. <laughs> you know, we should probably take this step further. And I think that that also like uh, I think somebody else would have shot and ask questions later, like you were just saying, right? Okay, that's a Iranian ship. Open the showcase. They came through. They blew us up. It is. It was what it was. But yeah, there's um, more to it. It's always more to it, especially with war. Like it's it takes two to fight. No person yes. is never truly well. Hitler was entirely wrong. all right, but like, <laughs> but like it takes two to fight. There's other ways, but when it comes to war, there's there's a bigger thing afoot. And I love that they took to it in a way that was just. I don't want to say beautiful, but it set the the pace, the motion going forward. I think a wise man pacing. went. I think a wise man once said, "Who, who, God can be all powerful. If he's all powerful, then he can't be all good." His name was Lex Luthor, <laughs> and we'll <gasps> never see that Lex Luthor again. <laughs> Given everything we were just talking about, we'll never see that Lex Luthor again. <gasps> uh, so. <laughs> Uh, Stuart <laughs> continues to study the ring and learn its oath from Ali. It felt kind of good that Ali knew the oath and was kind of like, right. man, with your chest. Like, cause that's right, hey. <laughs> I love that. Hey, hey, as teammates, and I love that they showed that. Like, as you cannot pick up what your teammate says all the time when y'all fight. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, like, Thor's like, bro, everyone knows the Thor's hammer or the cap shield. Batman, right. you know, he's dark and brooding. You know, Superman, like, I, you know, he's like, he's here. He's Calvary. You know, everything going to be good. You know, yeah. Green Lantern says that oh, every time. And you cannot yeah. be around him at night, you know, not knowing yourself. 
You know, it's inspiring. And, it helps. It motivates. It pushes and, you. It drives and, you. Yeah. And my headcanon is he's heard him say it a million times and oh, yeah. has always hated him saying it. But yeah. now hearing somebody not say it with the same energy, he's like, nah, nah, nah. Are we talking about my man being dead? Like he might be dead? You need to bump it up. Say it loud and proud. <laughs> he charges the ring to 100% power. And he, Green Arrow, and Hawkgirl arrive on a Iranian military outpost that was raided by the Anagarians. Suddenly, a Zeta Beam comes shooting out of nowhere, and Obi-Wan, no, Iranian soldier appears. They <laughs> know. You're right. You for the first time. Ran- randomly out of nowhere. A, a, a Iranian soldier appears before them. Uh, it's all hands on deck as the soldier and Hawk girl immediately fight. It's on sight as soon as they see each other. Uh, Arrow right. and Blanchard have no idea what's going on, but they manage to break them up. They explain that they didn't attack the Randians, and he explains to them that he's been getting teleported to random places because Zeta Beans have um, some sort of attraction to him. They ask about the Randian attack on Oa, and he says, whoa, Rand would never attack the Lanterns. We're totally down with them. We're, we're homies, like we are Facebook friends. <laughs> and he identifies himself as Rand's greatest soldier, Adam Strange, who was thought to be dead but was displaced by the Z- Beams instead. So they'd end up going to Rand for answers because he don't understand why Rand would be seen causing that damage to Oa after being friends for so long. Uh, right, it was kind of just wow. No, no the mystery. No, the mystery started to get higher and higher because you're like, okay, the Thanagarians are saying it's not them. The Randians are saying it's not them. So what the hell is going on here? Because we saw a Thanagarian ship fire on them, and we saw a Randian ship fire on Oa. So what's actually going on here? They arrive to witness an ongoing, uh, ongoing space battle. After receiving communications from Ranian Captain Cantus, he reveals that Ranian scientist Sardath has converted the Zeta Beam project into a doomsday weapon to destroy Thanagar. They were very happy about this. They were gonna, I think they were gonna send them to like a, a supernova. <laughs> like he was gonna, <laughs> he was gonna teleport all the Thanagar to the supernova and just have them all killed. So yeah, using science for good, yeah. I guess. Yeah, science for Jake. And uh, Shiera and Adam Strange review the footage from the past attacks, and they discover that a third party has been impersonating both sides to further the war. Bum, bum, bum. So they trace the trajectories of those ships to a asteroid. Once they get there, they battle the Yellow Lanterns. One... Gorgeous. That one was gorgeous. One of them said, damn near gorgeous. Hey, <laughs> she like, wait, uh, the one yellow bat, she was bad. Like, if Raven yeah, yeah, from yeah. Teen Titans became a that's her? Or her mom. <laughs> yeah, and I, look, and I looked her up, and they always show her with a book. She seems to be, like, the, not the librarian, but the person who knows the most lore about the fear that they are, you know, that the, mm. that, the, that, the, that the Yellow Lanterns sort of uh, embody. Ah, yeah, so the one I was most surprised with was Despero or Despero. I was like, you're a Yellow Lantern? Seeing his, he was skinnier. Right, yeah. Is. I was one the, the, with the third eye, right? Yeah. Pink with the fins. Yeah. yeah. Like, he looked familiar from uh, the Justice League animated cartoon. That's who that yeah. was. And he also was in, um, he was in The Flash. They actually brought him into The Flash uh, live action for a Armageddon crossover. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Right so character, but great character. He's been getting around. 
Um, and so they all fight, and but they end up ultimately captured by Sinestro. John almost kills Despero for reading his mind. That was kind of jacked up because he's like bringing back the PTSD kind of shit. Um, Sinestro just takes Stuart's ring and puts them all in jail. Uh, there it's revealed that John, that Tal Jordan is actually alive and in the cell with them. Turns out Jordan released his ring after he was taken captured by Sinestro and he saw that Sinestro actually sabotaged the experiment. So now we have our smoking gun. It's Sinestro. Sinestro is the person pulling the strings here. I love Sinestro. He's such a evil bastard. And uh, he, the another, idea that he was another, good. Another like Easter egg end of the movie thing that went nowhere. Uh, yeah. that went nowhere. Yeah. To be I fair, that <laughs> I, do, I did too as well. But to be fair, that was also kind of lazy because they didn't yeah. explain why it why it did it. None of it. None of it. The symbol, the color, none of it. None of it was explained. They just did it. Um, but it was a but for fans, it was a cool visual. You see yeah, Sinestro, you like, expect oh, that's gonna create the Sinestro core or the yellow green, the yellow green. Like it was just dope. Like, you know, what could have been? You know what's also and it went nowhere. crazy? For years, <laughs> for years, Sinestro wore black and blue. Do you remember this? He wore like a blue, Yo, pointy, the original like pointy, before he pointy, got the ring. Yeah, he had pointy, uh, blue pointy triangles around him in all, all black suit, basically. Um, and that was him until I he becomes the that. wielder of the... Because all of this gets introduced, all these colors and all that stuff gets introduced when Jeff Johns gets on control of or the DC Universe again. Because he was a Hal Jordan guy through and through. And Hal Jordan was dead, he was the Spectre. So he brought him back, brought in the emotional right. spectrum. He built all of Green Lantern to what we know now, the the the, the uh, uh, emotional spectrum, all that stuff. That was that yeah, was he created the modern day mythos of the Green Lantern. Then yeah, expanded it past just what we knew about uh, right. willpower. You know, the star oh, star yeah. sapphire was always a thing, but now we have the star sapphires, multiple uh, entire core right. full of them. Right. You know, I like that writers retroactively answered their like, do you have this here? But like, why are they here? Yeah. You know, thank you for that storytelling. I appreciate the mutual spectrum because, like, green was affected by yellow. Why was green weak to yellow if you have all Doesn't make any wood, sense. Yeah. Right? They, and they gave us the explanation. Still doesn't make sense, but, you know, comics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also, um, like I said, I just loved Sinestro's devilish look. Like, he's obviously the villain. Like, you look at that guy, you're like, he's the bad guy. He has Scott Banks does it every time. Like, are you serious? Yeah, he looks like he, bad guys. Yeah, he, <laughs> he looks yeah. like bad guy. <laughs> Ridiculous. His name's um, Sinestro. <laughs> no, that's like that. Yeah, yes, it was, and he was Sinestro. Like that was the name he filled out his Green Lantern forms as. You know, it's like, oh yeah, and, name are, are you bringing talks? <laughs> are you bringing in your cousin uh, Betrayo? Is he? Is he? Is, is he? Is he next to sign up for this? Um, but yeah. Uh, it, that that reminds me of the whole they're called Decepticons, sir. <laughs> like it's in their name. Right. Like they're just right. Like they're Decepticons. They're bad. It's in their name. Why do we yeah. trust them? Yeah. Um <laughs> so our heroes do manage to I'm escape. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. I love that trope. I just realized that's a whole trope. Yeah. People really don't realize like it's obviously that they're bad. Yeah, the name is right there. 
Despero. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's all it's all there. Despair. Um, right, my girlfriend is in the SpongeBob chicken. Like the Decepticons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Decepticons. You think they're lying Ooh. to us? Who the Decepticons? <laughs> Those guys are Decepticons. I don't know. Man. They're probably telling the truth. I don't know. No, I, don't I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Sinestro and his lanterns attack Ran. I was surprised by the amount of gore in this. People getting shot in the head, people getting cut, their heads cut off, all kinds of reckless stuff happening in this. I was like, wow. Um, they're trying to look for oh, Sardoff's yeah. doomsday weapon. Using the Zeta beams, Sardoff teleports them to his secret base. And he's like, oh, Adam Strange, what's up? Haven't seen you in a while. And Adam's like, yo, the Zeta beams, you know, probably want to stop that. And he's like, what are you talking about? I couldn't even build this if it wasn't for you. He's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Turns out they needed his DNA uh, to create a, a weapon out of the Zeta Beams, and they're planning to use it to teleport Thanagar into a supernova <laughs> without them knowing. They just randomly <laughs> press a button. Super convoluted, because I'm like, yeah. what science makes this possible? Yeah, yada, 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 <laughs> science. Comics. Yada, yada, science. <laughs> the school of yada, yada. If metal made it possible. That's it. X-Metal. X-Metal was a thing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> X-Metal, X whatever the hell that... Oh, anyway. Oh that that was lazy writing. That, that was lazy. They, they got all the way to the end and I was like, uh, 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 X-Metal. So, um, I love that the the leader of the Rands was like, yo, you a coward because you don't want to use this. Like, they killed our people. What you thought this was? Um, Sinestro and his lanterns follow and attack. During the battle, Stuart has to kill Sinestro. I love how he killed Sinestro in this, though. It was badass. Never saw that. That, like you said, it was grotesque, brute. Like, but that is real. Yeah. You're summoning laws of physics and motion. You know that's he basically Sinestro had his flesh. ring. <laughs> Sinestro had his ring, and it was on the ground behind him. Um, and when Stewart called for it, basically the ring forced itself through Sinestro. Oh, he, 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 that him. was he, he, a bullet. Yeah. Like he pulled a force Sith move. That that was a Sith technique. <laughs> right through him. Right through him. And he dies. Uh, and it's pretty surprising because you I'd seen Stuart at several points be like, I do not want to kill people. Uh, and like you uh, say, you're, you're like, oh my god, man, Stuart killed Sinestro, like, and he's probably gonna have that on his conscience. Green Lanterns don't kill. <laughs> and I, then you I see how that. Jordan Hold on, we can talk, we can talk about that just real quick. Sinestro's yeah. death was so just like Wow, really? He went yeah. out like that? Yeah. Damn. This this motherfucker has been the bane in the Green Lantern's existence for like forever. He went out like this? Damn. Yeah. That sucks. That's how I felt with Sinestro. And then he like, said Damn. and then he said, My master will kill you. And then you're like, wait, what are you about? he's the leader that. of the court. That doesn't make any mm -hmm. sense. The twist. Uh, oh okay. I was yeah, so we're sitting there and we're like, okay, well, I, I get it. I totally get it. The Green Lanterns uh, don't kill. And, you know, John Stewart would learn from this lesson. He won't kill. And then we see the greatest Green Lantern of, of, of all time kill two of Sinestro's assassins <laughs> and seemingly have a little bit of fun doing Double it. Double tapped him. And you're like, and Green Arrow's the only one no. to make a, make a face, you know? Like, Green Arrow's like, uh, how? You all right? And yeah, don't even worry about it. Uh, so, That's Jordan. Funny. I, I I cheered when Hal did that. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, yeah. 
bop. He emptied the clip into an empty. I was like, yes, Al. Make sure they don't get up. Because you'll be messing up with some of these villains coming back all the time. <laughs> also, also, I also, for a hot second. <laughs> also, I will say, um, gruff, gruff how Jordan is a look. I, I kind of dig gruff Jedi how Jordan Wait, Jedi Jedi robe how Jordan. I need I need Obi Wan how Jordan. <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely so, need the Obi Wan how Jordan like the beard how Jordan. Oh, this, so now I see you know the Bradley Cooper look. Nah, yeah, yeah, you got yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, so how Jordan gets the uh, uh, Zeta beam data from Sardoff so he can stop this weapon, and then Sardoff's like, "Good thing you have it." Because I'm the only person that knows it. And then now Jordan's like, oh, so you're the only person, huh? And shoots him right in the head. And all of a sudden, to shock of the heroes and to us, it is revealed that how Jordan has been behind this all along. Sinestro infected him with the Parallax entity. Parallax looking how he's supposed to look instead of how he looked in freaking the Green Lantern film. He looks like a little yellow disgusting creature critter <sighs> alien uh you know parasite and uh, after sinestro had destroyed the green lanterns jordan had claimed all the rings from himself very similar to emerald twilight and he's now has a, he's in a god-like state that even scared sinestro. man really really cool visual i appreciated like, that look when he held up his hands yeah straight from the comic yeah. Those moments, I so y'all do understand that we fans were watching. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, and they had their I cake and it. ate I it loved too. It. Right? And that twist, it made me feel bad. Just Jesus Christ! <laughs> they got to have their cake and oh, eat yeah. it too because the whole bakery. It, Shit. In, in, the, in the first time, in the first time they tell this story, the Emerald Twilight story, Hal just breaks bad. He has just broken bad, and we just have to deal with it. He's he's been pushed to his brink because his entire city was destroyed. He's just been pushed back. It was retroactively changed by Jeff Johns, who again, Tal Jordan fan, right? To say that he was possessed by Parallax. And it actually wasn't him. That's why he took the name Parallax, because he was possessed by evil being. This is the retelling merging both of those. He was possessed by Parallax, killed those Green Lanterns, had all the rings. You know, so they got to have their cake and eat it too. And I would, I bet we're going to get an even third version when this happens in live action. They'll find the perfect balance between all this stuff to get us exactly where we need to go. So that's good. And odds are, and the build up, <laughs> odds are, Sinestro the build up to it. I, yeah, it, oh, bruh. You know, it's funny. I, to it, I can imagine. Even, <laughs> I even kind of want to see, they did in the new 52 at one point, Sinestro and House sharing a ring. Sharing its battery and sharing all I do it. remember that. That was really fun stuff. So, you know, that was interesting. Have fun with Sinestro before you kill him, people. Kind of like That's the whole when a, when a villain and hero is like handcuffed and they gotta like figure out what they're yeah. gonna do to solve their problem. Yeah, so. no, totally. So, I, I think that that, um, that could be that could be super interesting if they decide they want to bring that in to the fold in live action. Uh, with the Zeta Beam technology, oh, I believe they will. Uh, uh, Jordan intends to destroy both Rand and Thanagar in a quest to end conflict across the galaxy. He believes that what drove him crazy was the constant fight. He's a soldier fighting for Oa, fighting for willpower, fighting for the Green Lanterns to protect the universe. But there's nothing but never ending conflict. So what if you just blow up the two planets that are fighting? <laughs> then that makes things a lot easier. That's his plan. Uh, it's not really a smart plan, but you know, 
To each his own. Uh, Jordan and uh, how, how? I mean, how at, Jordan and Josh? At that battle. moment, that's when I realized, like, he has a guy complex. Yes. Yes. Literally. Oh, I'm sorry. And, what? Oh, no, yeah. I was saying that that uh, uh, Strange and Jordan do battle, and Stewart kind of. I mean, sorry, Stewart and Jordan do battle, and Stewart kind of holds his own considering he's fighting against a damn god with 11 rings on his hands. He still manages to land some punches, defend himself, etc., and so forth. So that's important. 11. Uh, they are unable to stop the weapon from firing, but Strange flies into the path of the Zeta Beam, teleporting it and himself to parts unknown. He'll be back. Um, Jordan is over Stewart's body, gonna, gonna land a killing blow, very similar to a situation in which he was with a terrorist, where a terrorist is gonna land a killing blow with a knife. And as he's fighting uh, to stop this from happening, he's shot. And when he, the camera pulls up, he's shot by an arrow. Green Arrow had to shoot one of his best friends of all time to save a man he just met a couple of days ago because it was the right thing to do. Green Arrow kills Hal Jordan. Uh, and yeah, he's seemingly gone, gone. So we'll see if he ends up becoming a disrespecter and then coming back around doing the whole thing, the whole de- song and dance from the comics. Um, but John Stewart and Green Arrow return to Earth and Stewart sends Jordan's rings to their new, wear- re- uh, new wearers to rebuild the Green Lantern Corps, which is pretty sweet. Uh, Shaira departs from Earth in Ganthat's spaceship, promising to Green Arrow and Stewart that they're going to meet again soon. And Green Arrow voices his good compliments to Stewart as he comments, there may be new friends to make on the way. And odds are they're talking about that Superman. They're talking about that Batman. You know, those from those, you know, Batman from No Ho- Long Halloween, Superman from Man of Tomorrow, Flash, Wonder Woman, and um, I thought there was somebody else. Uh, Haw- oh, I think Hawkman's in that uh, World War II film. So he might end up bringing him in, et cetera, and so forth. And I guess that makes sense. They already brought in Hawkman, so all his hearts couldn't play him. <laughs> right. <laughs> So what do you think of this uh, animated film? I I enjoyed it. as a Green Lantern fan. I enjoyed it. It had its moments where it was like, okay, that was a little weak in the plot. Okay, that was you know, but it had a nice mystery, like, like you said earlier. It, Green Lanterns are space cops. They solve mysteries and crimes. And this was a massive crime that was afoot. Yeah, there yeah. were some plot beats that could have been a little bit better, but they, they moved the plot. The pacing was great. It was good. The fights were just spectacular out there. The characters were lovable, rememberable. You know, all, all the classic <laughs> statements. But my thing was, it from what I've seen reviews, it got a lot of like bad reviews for some reason. Like this is a solid, like it was a solid Green Lantern movie. It must be, it must be deterred from Hal Jordan. Like everyone wasn't prepared for the. But the most well-known Green Lantern to be evil, you know. I think that's where a lot of the flat came from, from, from for me personally, you know. Yeah. And uh, as the implications for live action, what we see for this, I can definitely see this, the Emerald Knight story happening in live action. Like, they lead up to that. Like, that's the Green Lantern story is like Endgame. Like, just all the Green Lanterns dying as they get introduced, like, in the show. Like, just, I'm just going to speculate the plot. Like, we... Green, we meet John. How's already a Green Lantern? And he shows in the ropes when he gets his ring. We are introducing, you know, to all the famous Green Lanterns that we know, some new characters. Close to the end of it, it's revealed how's evil. He's possessed by Parallax. Kills all the Green Lanterns that we we come to love and like over the show. 
Where's all their rings, and then it gets him and John at the end of it. I'm just speculating, throwing it out there because that's nah, I like, Why did they I like, deviate from that? You know, I I like that, and I will add my my little bit of uh speculation, a little bit of a ten hat theory. The season one of Lanterns ends with the origin of Atrocitus. That's where I'm going. Ooh. That's what I'm going. You think oh you make it seem God. like yellow is the, of the red big bad? Yeah, you make it seem like yellow is the only you know threat, and you deal with yellow kind of in the first season, and then you find out, oh, oh, this is about to get real dangerous real fast. It'd be really dark. It'd be it'd be crazy if they introduced the Black Lantern. It's like the whole concept. Yeah. Of how the A Black Lanterns come. Black hand through. and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, real rough stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this oh, was a, I thought this was a terrific thing to cover. Flash. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I like this, that. I appreciate it. We needed some Green Lantern love. There hasn't been well, John Stewart love in general. Yes, Stewart. there's been so many projects with Hal Jordan on it. Like even when Cartoon Network got to the show, uh, he's had like Hal Jordan's had like at least three or four animated movies, like uh, at least four appearances and other like. Justice League properties and stuff, and mm -hmm. no, we need a, we need more John Love. If anything, we need to see more of Kyle Rayner. God, fuck God, God, I don't care about God. Like Batman <laughs> one punched him, and that's where we get the joke one punch. Hilarious. Yeah, but like I rather see Kyle. But John, we need more John Stewart. For lack of better words, we need that representation. He's he was loved. He is still beloved. Bill Lamar brought that character. Like he brought him to just just mainstream media, like absorption of comic kind of media. Totally, he needs that. Yeah, it. We I, need to see more of it, and I'm glad they gave it to us. I agree, and hopefully you want to hear more from us. And we will be back next week. Uh, I have not completely nailed down what we're going to be talking about, but it will be a celebration of black history in comics, uh, which I can't wait to get into. I feel like some people may uh, oversee some of the best contributions made by not only black artists and black writers, but black characters over these years. Um, so get ready for that. But yeah, thank you guys for listening to this episode uh, so far. Um, we do this every single week free of charge. Thank you. We just do it because we enjoy it and we do it because we know that some of you guys enjoy it. So make sure that you're continuing to listen to us wherever we, you can. Our podcast is available wherever podcasts are found. Podbean, Stitcher, The Podcast Addict, TuneFind, YouTube, Spotify, and more. But the quickest way to find us is on comicbookclick.com. It's the one stop for everything comic book click. Articles written by us. It you gets us to our merch store. It gets us to it gets you to our Patreon. All of those links are also inside of this show's notes. So consider following us on Facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or you can use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at major issue CBC on Twitter, but also newly at major issue CBC on Twitch. So follow us there. We're doing some great things there. We need your support though. If you have no funds at the current moment, you can support us for as little as word of mouth. Tell a friend to tell a friend about the Major Issues podcast. Tell them what we're doing over here and uh, help us grow our audience because that's where we get our real strength. Um, you could tell if, you could pop this podcast on when you're in a driving with one of your friends and they'll be like, oh, what are you listening to? Oh, it's a major podcast. It comes out every week, free of charge. These guys talk about everything. They fan cast and they hate Black Adam. Um, so what? yeah, get, 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 tell, get, get, what? 
get people on board, man, because more people need to listen to this podcast and we can't do it without your help. So if you want to help us out, consider spreading the word. You can't, if you have more than the word to spread, maybe some change for as little as 10 cents a day, $3 a month, people. You can become a Patreon at patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. And we get a kickback and it helps us keep our lights on here and afford the hardware and the software we need for the future ventures of content that we produce, mostly free of charge. But you help us get there by your donation. So thank you so much um, for those who have. And last but not least, you can visit our store. Uh, you can get there by going to shop. Hitting that shop CBC button at comicbookclick.com. But we have a store set up at T Public, designs made exclusively by me, and we get a kickback from all of that. And not only is it a, is it a t-shirt site, you can get all of our designs on mouse pads, on pillows, on notebooks, on phone cases. Anything on our T Public store, consider getting on something kind of funky and just having it around. And it'll be cool knowing that I made it. So consider doing that. But yeah, man, get the merch. Follow us wherever you want to follow us, uh, and we'll be back next week. But where will you be in the meantime, A-Rob the Marvel God? Well, I'll be out here on all the social medias. You guys can follow me at A-Rob the Marvel God on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and even YouTube. Follow, like, subscribe, comment. See what you want me to talk about. See what you want us to talk about. See if you want to hey, talk about theories or just, you know, shoot, shoot the shit about Marvel and DC. You know? Yeah. Follow me at A-Rob the Marvel God. <laughs> and possibly a collaboration coming soon. Oh, uh, what else? Do I game? Right? Uh, we got to do a Twitch. We got to do a quick Twitch collaboration soon, bro. And, you know, if we start watching these JL, uh, Justice League Unlimited Amazon episodes, we get more Jon Stewart. So it's a win-win situation. But we'll talk about all of that and the future of Comic Book Click in upcoming episodes. <laughs> So make sure that you are tuned in wherever we are and we do this free of charge every single Wednesday knock on vibranium and we do it for you So make sure that you are here, but my name is George Serrano aka the Don and I am Aaron Robertson aka the Rob the Marvel God and this has been our DC slate announcement and a Green Lantern Beware My Power review. And remember, whether you're from Thanagar, Oa, Ran, or Earth, whether it's the brightest day or you think that you're the darkest night, remember that you're always part of the clique. And always remember that you, yes you, are worthy.